You are now in possession of the Rebel FM Hello, welcome to Rebel FM 22. 22. 22. It's the first birthday where it means nothing. 22 straight weeks. 22, uh... Not 22 straight weeks. We missed... We've missed two weeks. 22 means things. I got my 22 right up in my waist. Ain't no time to waste. I'm talking about birthdays. Nah, 22 is kind Cracker. of important. Like, I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> it wasn't like all of a sudden you could drink or something, but 22 is important in the sense that, I don't know, it was another double digit birthday. Double those are few. Those are few and far between. 22 is when you start barreling towards every other year. I mean, the next important one is like what twenty five. You can rent a car. Yeah, I think I think twenty five is the more like it was when you're like uh, I don't know if it's the same, but in in Texas, like your driver's insurance gets cut dramatically when you turn twenty. It's only in it's, California too. I guess that's yeah. Maybe that's a especially as a male. Once you hit twenty five, they're like, I guess you're okay. <laughs> um. They so figure I'm, you've, I'm a, you've gotten all the wild oats. Since I so. guess new people do listen to the podcast. Um. I, yeah, we got a couple letters like that. Uh, last year, I'm Anthony actually. Gallegos from uh, GameSpy.com, formerly of OneUp.com. Um, with me is Arthur Geese from EatSleepGame.com, where the podcast is hosted. He makes it all look pretty. Basically, he makes everything that look anything that has a visual to it. Arthur did it, and these days, most anything that has words there, Arthur did it. Besides me and Tyler's Twitter. And Tyler is also here. Mr. Selector, rewind the beat! I really am going to start cutting that out every time you say it. (laughs) This is why, first of all, this is why sometimes I tell Arthur maybe I should edit the podcast so that he won't cut out Tyler's antics. I don't mind Tyler's antics, it's just that one has... That one came, and it was cool, and it hung out, and then it started drinking alcohol and got weird. I know, but... See, Jody encourages me like that. That that's that's her new favorite catch line of mine. So it's like we're always hanging out. Well, actually, it's not mine. It was straight up from um, uh, Flight of the Concords. Uh, Chicken that boom boom. I've been up at them boom boom. You know that one. I, I'm okay with with you uh, talking some Flight of the Concords. Yeah, but uh, this podcast is about video games and often about shameful stories from our lives. <laughs> Let's start it off before we go into what we've been playing. I actually want to go into when Tyler crapped his pants. <laughs> no, I thought we were going to... That was... Is there a letter, letter associated with there that? There is a letter Do you have that letter? I you do never... have that letter. Okay. It was sent to me oh, because someone God. apparently really wanted man. to know when the last time I shat my pants was. Oh, man, you got to... They, They've got disappointment in their future, I'll you tell you. You should have forwarded me that so I could have printed it I out. think it showed up yesterday. Right, there's saves trees. Um, so let's talk about what we've been playing. You two started off with Tiger Woods. So, uh, man, so much pressure. Yeah, being the leadoff hitter. Um, Could so be either yeah. you. I left it open for either I'll, you. To take that. I mean, I'll take the initiative. I'll make the first move. Hand down pants. Uh, so yeah, I'm playing Tiger Woods. O ten. 
Oh, 10. I, yeah. It's so stupid that Sounds they're calling everything 10 this year. I remember hearing people talk about this earlier in the year and thinking it's going to be a sad time for for EA Sports when they're fucking calling all their shit 10. But anyway, I'm playing Tiger Woods 10, and it's really fucking good. You're playing the 360 version? I am playing the 360 which version. Which is identical to the PS3 version. Yes. Which is different than the yeah. Wii version with Motion Plus, which I believe you play, you played as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've played both versions um, quite a lot. I have never played a golf game, much less a Tiger Woods game. No, so. I mean, have you played the like the Wii, the game like with Wii Sports? Um, I probably tried it. Which, yeah. I mean, I mean I, everyone has played everything in Wii Sports at this yeah, point, right? Yeah, yeah. But, I, I mean, that wasn't really, I don't know, was that much of a golf game? Mm, yeah, I mean, it, it was okay. I mean, as much as Excuse the me. tennis game was a tennis game? I mean, game, it used the rules. Oh, it was more of a golf game than tennis was a tennis game. So, I mean, other I, I guess other than that, which apparently made so little an impression that I don't even think about it when someone says golf games. Um, yeah. yeah. We only played Wii Sports a couple of times together ever, though. Mm-hmm. Well, Wii. Where know, else I did you play Wii? Other people I know have Wii's, especially in San Diego, mm. where I occasionally go to visit and relive traumatic childhood memories. Um, so, so I've I've never played a Tiger Woods game, and every year when they come out and people talk about how great Tiger Woods games are, are or how little they've changed, none of that means fuck all to me, because right, yeah, I don't care about golf, I don't care about Tiger Woods games. Yeah, and I'm in, I'm sort of in the same boat. And the reason why I say sort of is just because my roommate back in Houston, you know, I lived with him for three years. He had two different versions. I think he bought 06 and then he bought 08. He waited a year. So it's, you know, I vicariously played them through my roommate. And by that I mean watching him. And like when he would always play, I would get so frustrated at the announcers and how they would just be like, oh, that's a terrible putt. That's a horrible putt. You know, and I would just be like, can you call an airstrike? These guys. <laughs> do they have an airstrike button in Tiger Woods? They do have a mute button. I mean, there should be, be an airstrike button in Tiger Woods. I played real golf. Did you? Yeah, I took golf lessons for a summer. How was that? I enjoyed it a lot. I was, I was uh, quite good for someone who had never played before. But uh, nowadays, I probably couldn't even hit a ball like fifty yards. That so. you think? I feel like you've got enough heft. Hitting a golf ball, I bet you all of us would top it, which means you'd, like, skim the top and not really get behind it. Like, it'd probably take all of us, like... I would probably actually take a bunch of ground with it. That's what I'm saying. So you would probably not even hit 50 yards. It'd probably just catch mostly ground. I'm just saying, like, you'd be surprised, like, out of 20 balls, you might hit one, right? I mean, I'm not saying that it's it's easy by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, I mean, I used to go to the driving range, like, three times a week with my dad. So. Yeah, I was gonna say. I remember the one time, like, I tried to like actually drive a golf ball, and like, I, I don't even think I hit it once. <laughs> um, I, golf is—it's just that golf is like such a, or for a long time, golf was such a, a an upper class or upper it middle class game. I it still mean, is. it's it's starting to expand. Like more and more high schools have golf teams. And yeah. Right, but I would still say that it's still an upper class people. Yeah, like, just so. Which is so far from, like, ever, anything that I ever had growing up. So, I mean, and that, and I didn't give two shits about sports growing up either. Neither did I, but my dad liked golf and my mom liked tennis, so those were the only two I ever tried. I was, I remember appreciating tennis because 
all of their pay is so closely matched to performance. And I guess it's the same thing in golf, really. Yeah, except in tennis, I don't know if it's the same with golf, but women tennis players make like 30% less. Even for the same tournament, like if they win, the men's no finalist always makes more than the woman. Whoa. Yep. The women are so much prettier. Glass ceiling, man. Glass ceiling. So. Uh, but Tiger Woods, you guys played it. Arthur, Tyler actually took a photo with an Xbox Vision Cam. For my and put himself on, on there. I Tyler's character came out. I mean, Arthur's character came out a lot like, like an albino African American. That's only in the shots that you've seen of him. It actually, occasionally, it's a little creepy. Well, it's because he, the shape of his face, like the way he looks, he doesn't look like, like, he just looks like a. I guess the best. I mean, he just looks like he looks like a black person in a lot of ways. Is that okay to say? Well, no, th- th- I think that's perfectly fine to say. I mean, the... African features? There is, like, the race X, Y, and, you know, X and Y. That's axis. what I'm saying. He just, I've <laughs> seen some albino African-American people, and he looks like that, even with the red hair that he has going on for whatever reason. Which wasn't red, and then it shifted to red, but, uh... I'm telling you, the game I mean, I figured I've, out he was an albino. I've, I've done face capture in... Okay, Rainbow in Rainbow Six, Six it looks pretty bad. It was. It wasn't that bad. The only problem was that the light hit my head in a very specific way. <laughs> yeah, because you had to put the yeah. light on so bright. Yeah, and so Arthur's head was like bright, bright white <laughs> on the top, it, the, like to the point where a couple people that we found online that we played with started calling my character Flashbang. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so you did the face capture thing. How'd that yeah, work out? Yeah, it actually like when I I did it, and it takes about twenty minutes to render once you take a front and side photo and line up the dots. But afterwards, it looked pretty damn close. So I went in. Did you put glasses with, on yourself? No, um, no. You can if buy you have glasses. glasses. Yeah, you can buy them. Um, so I went in afterwards, and you're you're able to edit it further. And I just really tweaked it, really honed it in, and man, my avatar looks just like me. It's ridiculous how much my character looks like me in Tiger Woods. You I can also my exact profile. take normal pictures and upload them to EA Sports' site, I think, and then yes. connect through your 360 or Yeah, PS3. which might be a good idea to do because I uh, the next... See, I did that at night, like really late. Division cam sucks in low light. Yeah, it does, but you need low light for this because the next day, during the day, Jody came home and I was like, you got to do this. This is amazing. Let's do this. And so we set it up, and there was more. There was a lot more lighting for Jody. It was during the day. We had light coming in through the windows, and I was like, "Cool, let's do this." So we took the photos, let it render it out, and dude, it took the, all the lighting in the room and made Jody. And you can't adjust. She looks like the pale. Same color. I mean, she looks like Casper. It is the <laughs> whitest white white you could imagine. Mean, you're dating powder, is what you're saying. It, it's powder. It's like it's yeah. It mm. was terrible, but like, and, and then so like we tried to do it again. And, like, I was trying to, I was covering our windows. I was, like, literally, like, standing, like, trying to stretch my body out to cover up all the shadows, but it was, like, still way It's like you're evading drenched. surveillance from the people that are always watching or something. Yes. Um, so, low light with the vision camera is a good thing for the Tiger Woods face camera. Yeah, I mean, I might try it at some point. You can always do it. You can change the way your golfer looks later. Yeah. Um, but, uh... I heard but, some people complaining that, like, in the tournaments and stuff... How long you've been like grinding your character makes a difference. Yeah, so the, this is on Penny Arcade today, actually. Um, with a that's actually probably where 
I read it. Oh, <laughs> I spelt soda on my tummy. That was sad. On your white undershirt. Uh, I, I hate like, when that particular spill happens because it's like you're in a half lean, so it's kind of like you're half leaning <laughs> on the couch. You know, you're not fully laying down. You're not fully sitting up. And it's like you just wanted a leisurely sip of your Diet Pepsi, but... Yeah, now I'm feeling it against my breasts. <laughs> yep. <laughs> your your moobs feel sweaty. Oh, oh man. It looks you so look trashy, like too, with the white shirt. Ready to roll on the set of, like, Married with Children or something. I'm lactating Dr. Class. Pepper. Oh, you've never looked as working-class Mexican as you do right now. <laughs> yeah, <no laughs> joke. It looks like you should be going to mow a lawn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. This is a podcast that's just drifting out to sea. Uh, so, uh, Mike on Penny Arcade, or Gabe, as he's popularly known, um, was talking about the thing that bothers him every year about Tiger Woods, although he continues to buy it. I don't think a, we can call him Mike, by the way. No, no. I feel like we have to use their full names. Mike Krahulik. Mm-hmm. I'm just afraid that I'm going to mispronounce his name. As someone whose last name is always mispronounced. I get worried about, especially that name. I wouldn't know how to say it. So. I, th- I think it's Krahulik. That sounds that, like that looks right to me. Polish. Or I always something. see it. I'm like Krahulik. So Polish or Czech, maybe. Anyway, um, he talked about how every year he buys Tiger Woods. Um, God damn you two! Every year he buys Tiger Woods, and every year it's the same, which is that instead of your golfer being having a flat skill level and then your performance being dependent on, would you stop fondling yourself, please? His, uh, my nipples gone erect through the Coke. <laughs> Instead of, uh, just being good and your level of play determining how well you do, you, it, it's like an RPG. You have to grind your way towards higher skills. I mean, I was talking to Tyler about this and I was telling him how I, I'm like start at Pebble beach or whatever. And, I look at everyone else's scores, which are like 15 or 20 under par, and I'm like struggling to make two or three over par. Like, right. didn't, didn't he make a point in that to where he was talking about like no human should be getting like minus 30 under par or something uh, like I that? I think it's that if people are like getting 15 or 20 under par, then obviously the par number isn't correct anymore. Because right. par is supposed to be like an average of how much it takes to get to that. I think this is coming from someone who's semi-ignorant about golf rules other than you hit the ball and hope it goes in the hole within a <laughs> right. certain number of strokes. Um, and then when you... What's funny is that if you simulate around instead of playing it, then your golfer will totally do like 44 under par for three rounds or something like that. <laughs> really? Yeah. Every time I would simulate, my golfer would lose and get kicked out of the of the tournament so you don't oh, have really? to play a like, tournament qualify. You, could, you can you don't have to play every event I don't think I think you can just simulate certain you, events you can only simulate I think two events in a row and then you have to play the next one yeah uh, which is that keeps you from having to like play a tournament really hardcore all the time yeah I guess so um, one thing I did find out is that if you feel like you're doing super terrible you can quit out of the tournament and it doesn't save your progress oh, I didn't which know is that. a double edged sword so you can either start all over uh, which is good or if you haven't finished an event and you need to go somewhere or turn off the, the system, then you're fucked. Because it takes a while to play through it's fucking like 18 school, holes. It's like old school, put it on pause. Yeah. Um, I've but, caddied uh, 18 holes. It was horrible. You've caddied before? 18 holes? I caddied for my friend. And I remember at one How point... How many people were playing? Three. So you had to... Yeah. 
At least in this, you don't have to wait for other people to take their shots. It's and just at some point, he threw a golf club at me because I was saving this one joke till he was really mad because he got really mad when he played golf and I he swung and he fucking missed really bad the ball. And I said, "Man, I didn't know we were golfing with Helen Keller." And he just fucking turned and threw the club. At me. Wouldn't he be able to find it by touch a little better, <laughs> Helen Keller? Well, it was the com- combination of him missing the ball and the fact that, you know... I think it would have been funnier. He started you making guttural sounds. I think it would have been funnier if you said that he golfs like Anne Frank, but that could just be me. No, that's just you, you're a horrible person. No, it's an obscure Quirks reference. Um, it's a Quirks... You, have you never seen Quirks 2? I've seen Quirks. you seen Quirks 2? Yeah. The part the where he's cartoons. talking about the guy with the blog who's disabled. Yes. And he's like Helen Keller. Or Anne Frank. God damn you, Tyler. I am drawing a blank. I've seen Clerks 2 once, so... Were you spinning your dreads around your finger while you were <laughs> watching know, it? Probably. <laughs> no, probably not. Uh, so, the grinding sucks. Because, basically, you cannot win at first. Right. You can finish, and you your performance gives you points. Can you play other things to build up your skill before going into it? Uh, yes, you can play just you can just play normal courses and upgrade your stats. But the amount of time that you would have to put into all of that before you got into your career proper is a little ridiculous. Yeah, it would have to be. And, and here's here's the weird thing about it: the difference between the the Wii and the 360 PS3 versions in this regard is on the Wii, when you finish your round, you know how you're given your points? Mm-hmm. You can allocate... Like, there's a certain amount of general points where you can just go in and put them wherever you want. Whereas yeah. Tiger Woods on the 360 PS3, it assigns, PS3, it assigns on, on how well you did. So if, if you're doing horribly yeah. at putting, which everyone does... Yeah, let's say you fucking sink into the pine needles or whatever on the side and you you take like four or five strokes to get back onto the green, it will fucking... Murder your percentages. Yeah, I've after seen the match my is over. scores go down. I yes. did so bad. Like, and how is that going to help anybody? The stern golfing tutor says, "It was a rough round for you. We yeah. got some drills. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. after every after every round, your your stats will change depending on your performance, and then you'll have drills to do, which like, will basically take like shots that you ostensibly fucked up and have you redo them in sort of trick style." Which is kind of funny because on the one hand it'll have like I did a drive where I hit it 300 yards, but for some reason it decided that it needed me to go just like that extra foot. And then on another one it shows me like slicing, like super badly to the left and not getting anywhere near where I needed to be. And I'm just like, so basically whether I sink a hole in one or throw my club across the ground and fuck an old lady on the side, it's still gonna have a drill that first shows me doing that. And then makes me try to do that shot correctly. Right. I, You know, I, I, I kind of enjoyed the drills because at first I felt like they were really teaching me like how to play better. And then I just didn't really get better. And then I just kind of got angry at them. Um, but one thing I liked about the drills is, you know, it might, it, you know, it'll give you your first task. Like, hit the ball in this circle. And it's like a really, it's sort of a small circle. And, you, you know, you try it. And then so when you do it, they say, okay. And then they give you another challenge where... You know, you can hit the ball into the circle for however many times you can in a minute. And every time you make a ball in, you get more time. Yeah. And so, like, the more you do that kind of stuff, that's a really good way to build your skills. Because then, then, then you're getting these bonus points on top of yeah. your... Yeah. You um, I mean, it's good practice, but there are some things that I wish were in the game that it doesn't seem like are, like, a, a more robust putting trainer would have been nice. 
The putting trainer is definitely lacking. When I started, I mean, I'm still sort of this way. I started that game like Happy Fucking Gilmore to the point where I would do these huge drives and then take like 37 shots to finally make it into the hole. That's it. Yeah. That's to the point everything. where they have Happy Gilmore quotes in the game. <laughs> yeah. Where get if in you, your home. Yeah. Get in your home. Yeah. That's your home. Yeah. My fucking golfer says that like at least once a match. Right. Yeah. And you know, I was talking to my roommate about this who had played. I think it was 06 and 08, excuse me, and, uh, and he, was, he was basically saying the same thing. Like, you know, I would feel super confident on my drives. I'd feel super confident on my approach, you know, but once you get to the green, so sometimes, you know, if, if you're just out of luck, you might take eight shots, put it in the hole, you know, and that's on the green. It took me forever to figure out that there's like a putting preview. Right, yeah. That yeah, that that they kind of skim over, but I I would use that a lot actually. I mean, I it is required for me to use the putting preview. This all sounds I mean, does this sound this sounds so boring? Doesn't it? No. The game it's it's fun. It it is it is really fun. But here's what I would have to say. Where our instincts might direct us to say like you know, any game that comes out multi platform for Wii, PS three, three sixty we would all tend to think that the PS3 360 would be the most fully developed, the ones who are who are the most feature-rich. But no, the Wii version is the one that is really... It's the best Tiger 10 game this this year. And and not only because of the motion controls, but just because of like what exactly we're talking about. It's much better at teaching you putting. The putting's a lot easier. You know, it has three different uh, difficulties of swing level for you, you know. Where it's, you know, I found that by using the Wii version of Tiger Woods as like a cross trainer, my game improved in my 360 game because I was like using, you know, trying all play, seeing how things went, you know, and I mean. I think that the the 360 and PS3 versions seem more sim heavy, like more, more career heavy, more like more hardcore for lack of a less yeah. obnoxious term. I, yeah, I totally agree. Um, but I at mean, the same time, like the advanced swing controls with the Wii Motion Plus are so like are ridiculously sensitive. You yeah, know? So well, there's, like, there's you a can, lot of challenge there too. So to move on to that, I mean, how how is we how is your initial impressions with Wii Motion Plus? The Wii Motion Plus, it's. Um, you know, like Tiger Woods and then the, the tennis game that just came out, they're almost perfect applications for it. And, like, it seems like the sport of golf can really hide the limitations of the Motion Plus, which it's funny. I'm you know, already talking about Motion Is there input lag still? Um, I didn't notice any input lag, really. It seemed very, I mean, it seemed instant. The thing about, the thing that I thought was weird about swinging your uh, club was it seemed like there were three different phases of your swing where it would detect your movement and that those were very regimented. So it's like when you first point your Wiimote downward, you know, you put your club down like you're about to swing. And you can, and there's a little, min, there, there's a little uh, heads-up display in, your, in the bottom corner of your screen that shows the angle of your golf club to the ball. And then when you swing back, that kind of stops. Like it doesn't, obviously, it doesn't check that anymore. And it kind of checks your tilt and angle on your backswing, and then it, as you're swinging forward, it, t- it checks the tilt and angle on your forward swing. So it's kind of compartmentalized in that way. You know, it's not... That all sounds it's, super it's, intimidating. Yeah, it's not all one. But the thing about it is, 
They have, Sounds like golf to me. Yeah, yeah. That's advanced, but with like standard and all play, those are less sensitive. All play being like all you have to do is match the power behind the ball. So, and, uh, and really, um, I felt like I could golf much better in Tiger Woods Wii than I could on the 360 with the standard golf controls. I I really didn't fuck with the advance too much because it was like, I was getting my ass whooped. Well, which, on the, on the, on the Wii version, you mean the advanced controls? Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, this isn't to say that the controls on the 360 version are bad because I don't think that they are. No. Um. I, no, I, I actually I really like the them. Controls. They're really comfortable. Yeah. Um, they make sense. I mean, the way that you'd swing is you pull the stick back and then slack, like slap it forward, mm-hmm. um, which gives you a pretty pretty granular level of control. And then, of course, there's building up your your turbo when mm-hmm. you're making your strokes or whatever. Right. But I just it feels very intuitive. So it, I mean, in that respect, it's still fun. But I'm I'm definitely interested yeah. in trying the Wii version. We don't. I don't think we we have we have a copy. I think. Yeah, we just don't have motion yeah, plus things. Exactly. Which is a shame because like one of the best things, in my opinion, now this was kind of split. I read some other reviews that thought differently. I think like one of the selling points of the entire game is just the fact that it has frisbee golf. Like that's so fucking fun, in my opinion. But other reviewers thought it was just trash. But so if you've never played frisbee golf, they call it disc golf because frisbee is a brand. Um, it's, you know, you basically, instead of a golf club and a golf ball, you have a Frisbee and you play it just like golf where, you know, you have your drive, you know, you chunk your Frisbee down the field and pick it up as far as it goes, get to the hole. And there's a little basket instead of a hole that you make it in. Yeah. The ones I've always seen are baskets with like chains. Yeah. They have a little chain to not to like make it. So if you hit the chain, it'll fall in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's a ton of fun. And if you're if you're the type of gamer who who you want to understand the differences in technology between like the Wii remote, the Natal, and Sony's motion controller, it's a really good example because like when you're holding the frisbee, like yeah, the hand on screen mimics like every slight rotation of your wrist, but it's like fixed on a pivot point. Whereas like the Sony motion controls have you know what they were talking about is like the full 3D space te- technology where if you stepped closer to your TV the frisbee would move forward in the 3D space of the game. So it's the same thing you know. with the tall. Right. But um yeah, yeah, so and but yeah, but just getting back to frisbee golf, like it's like really super fun. Crazy, crazy, crazy fun. And uh and I think it's gonna cause a lot of people to smash their weeds into their T V again. Their well, Wii remotes. But you shouldn't be playing without the wrist strap. I know. That's true. Um, yeah, but I got lazy when I was putting them on because it came with the new, um, you know, the Motion Plus con- ad- adaptation or add-on comes, comes with, with the, the new, big old uh, condom. Comes front with the Magnum, the the Magnum Wii condom. You know. God damn you both! It does um, look like a Wii condom. It does. I mean, yeah. it essentially is. But god damn you! It's cushioned on the front, so I, if it does fly into your TV, it'll probably be okay. Uh, I mean, I'm interested in picking up some Motion Plus stuff for us to try out, but apparently at GameStop they're charging five dollars more. Tyler gave Tyler gave retail. the Wii version five out of five stars on GameSpy. Sure did. I mean, it's it really and it, it, it's the first perfect score I've ever given. Let me since let I've me ask you a question. Games. Like, how do you feel rating that game as someone who hasn't played like other Tiger Woods? Yeah, games? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I struggled with that. 
But like I would be hard pressed to score Tiger Woods ten on three sixty. I don't know. I think because it's, it's it's fair to grade each game on its own merits rather than how it improved necessarily from the last one. See, I don't I don't know that it is though because the people that buy those games are so interested well, in the right, annual. Right, but you're not writing it. You're not necessarily writing it for that person. You're writing it just based on how is this game? Yeah. on its own, a good I mean, game. I mean, here's the thing. Those are both good points, and I consider both of those. And and so what I did was. I, I, I did a lot of research just to make sure I knew what was new and you know and, and then the little little press kit that they gave me like it showed me everything that was new for this feature and it seemed like they added a whole bunch of play modes and then you know when I do things like you know I just go into like the golf uh, dictionary or glossary that they have there and it's just like so many turns I can see that this is a game that golfers would love and for me the re- other reason why I thought it gets a perfect score is because not only does it have all that hardcore stuff but it's the same game that a 30-year-old fucking software engineer come home, play Wii, his six-year-old daughter can put it on all, all play and play and have just as good as the time right next to him. I think yeah, I mean, I'm I not... Really think I, just, that's a I just think I'm the important thing with any your... review is to, uh, is to review it based on your personal experience, not on what you perceive an audience would, would think or care about well, it. I, I just... I feel that, that that's dismissive of a of a group of people that I think the thing with sports games that that sort of perplexes me as, as far as writing a review for it is that the people that I would be talking to as someone who's never played a Tiger Woods game like are the least interested in in that game. I mean, we've been talking about Tiger Woods for like the last 25 minutes or whatever. Yeah. But and how many people are probably, Yeah, I mean our audience has probably stopped listening. But by the now. point I'm making is that is that beside all that, when you write a review, it's about your personal experience. You're not writing it for a yeah. group of people. You're not setting it out to write it for like a group of Tiger Woods fans. Because you don't want to get caught in that loop of fans will probably think, no, it's what you think and how right. your experience with it right. was. Well, but then there's also the sort of consumer reports slash consumer advocate side of writing a review. Right, which is pretty much only GameSpot is the one that does that and I don't. I don't think that that's how games should be reviewed. So, fair enough. And as long as Tyler's writing reviews for us, he's not going to be doing it that way either. You're not in charge I of mean, reviews. Yeah, and and at the yes, same time, like that, that that was the kind of the, sh- mm-hmm. you know, when I was going into the review, I was like, man, I really don't know much about golf, so fuck it, I'm just going to write about my experience only. That was another thing that I was just like... And I think that's a valid opinion. I mean, i got to be honest, a lot of the people that are going to go out and buy Tiger Woods day one are probably going to do it anyways because they aren't going to care what you have to say about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the other thing about sport reviews. I feel like a lot of people don't... They're not as influential. Even I'm not even saying most reviews are influential, but I'm saying I think sport reviews are even less. Yeah, you know when you were talking about here, when we were talking like just a second ago, I was thinking that, yeah, you know, review... uh, Sports games come out every year, and the reviews skew lower, you know, because of what we're talking about, the iterative process where reviewers are kind of looking and saying, like, well, how much did you add from last year? And I think, you know, since they have games that come out every year and they're going to sell every year, you know, it kind of it makes up for it. I mean, so. my my question for, for, like, grading the 360 version would be, like, why would someone buy this version over last year's version? I mean, you... you you're talking about not wanting to grade as a consumer advocate. Well, that's fine. Well, we're not. I can't. You shouldn't be grading in a vacuum compared to other games either. So, if there's yeah. another game that essentially does the exact same thing or does almost exactly the same thing for a quarter of the price, 
Right, but I'm just saying if you don't know that, then you don't know it. And you shouldn't make any assumptions about an assumed audience. When you're reviewing a game and you don't have that knowledge, you just review it as what it is to you. If you do have that knowledge, great, apply it. But I'm just saying, you know, you'll make that apparent or not in your review. If you've played the others as a person that's played other Tiger Woods games, blah, 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 blah. But if you haven't, then it's still okay. It doesn't make your score any less valid. It's still your score for your experience. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I think, like, just ultimately, like, disclosure is the main thing, I think, with reviews. Is the audience just really needs to know where you're coming from. Right. I mean, I've played sequels to games that I didn't play the first one, and I made it. I would just say as much, you know? I mean... But, yeah. What else have uh, you guys been playing? Um... I stopped playing Prototype because <laughs> it just lost my attention, and I'm feeling open world. You didn't even out. get to the like hour long boss fight. No, I didn't. It marks the halfway point. And seeing like <laughs> seeing a, a, a sliver of you playing that just made me that much less interested in playing Prototype. Like I tried to be like the devil's advocate for Prototype in the lead up to its release, like especially with all the comparisons to Infamous. Yeah, and I yeah, still feel too. like those comparisons aren't fair. Because they're so different in what they do. People are saying that's bullshit. They are fair. They're so no, similar. but it's not fair. I mean, Infamous and Prototype play extremely differently. Well, I'm sure they play different. But like, the comparison's inevitable. Like, it'd be like it'd be like if a uh, Call of Duty comes out and then like like uh, another first person shooter Air- comes Airborne. out. Airborne. Um, Middle of on Airborne. Middle of on Airborne. Middle on Airborne is like totally way more arcade game and stuff like that. But they would still get compared. I mean, just I, but. Uh, it would that's it's more like comparing Call of Duty with some kind of action title. I mean, because in prototype you're all about throwing things and it's true, but you're still firing in an open from a distance world game where you go into shiny little or circles to get missions. <laughs> you're still a character you that's like getting superpowers. It's just like there are so many things. But those are all like such abstract concepts compared to like abstract. the way that, that it's executed. When you play both of them, you're like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, these are like so similar. In no, it, okay, superpowered guy in a city. I mean, that's every fucking comic book ever. Superpowered <laughs> guy in a city that is an open world game. Again... It's that's such a broad category, like but, because what and you're they're coming out so close to one another, the comparisons are inevitable. I'm not saying they're inevitable. I'm not saying that they. Sh- I'm not saying I don't understand why the comparison is made. I'm saying that it's not a fair comparison because they're so different on a totally like on a level that goes outside of superhero games. Infamous is a better made game. Than prototype is right, and I think most people say that when they're comparing um, the two. I, I feel like a more ha- apt comparison, if you're looking for this kind of experience, would be Crackdown. I'm just saying it's still perfectly or, fair. It's not like there's some scale of fairness that makes it unfair. I mean, if I want to make that comparison, I can make that comparison because they do have enough similar to them. I or, think that or, would be or, like I mean, comparing like like Grand Theft Auto 4 and Red Faction Guerrilla, which I don't think would be a, a, a very valid comparison I don't either. It's not that far. I mean, these, they're very closely related. In fact, you're not blowing up buildings and shit in, in a... You're not eating people in Infamous. Actually, that, their I souls. guess technically that's not true, is it? Because you can bio-leech in Infamous. Yes, yeah. But, I mean, it's it's just either way, a different either execution. Way, this is the, yeah, this is a big circular... Basically, it it's a much more valid thing to compare it to like Crackdown. Crackdown does a lot of the things that Prototype wants to do. Better, yeah, but I still think Prototype does movement better than any of Crackdown or 
Infamous in a way. Like it's it is the most like Infamous is still really fun to get around, but I still think Prototype is the most fun just to get around. Just to like, run around and fly places. Yeah, because they make it so easy. I mean, yeah, uh, literally know, the, the sense of speed you get and sense of force you get is really He's like good. an over-enthusiastic five-year-old that just like runs everywhere you and ask him to. And you can get up to. buildings, you can fucking go flying over cars. It's just like they have that down. But then if, yeah. you're, if, if for example, you're telling your five-year-old to run to that bush that happens to be next to the freeway, hopefully you can tell them to stop soon enough for them not to get hit by a car. Yeah, he does get a little unwieldy at times. I, so. I mean, I there's... This will sound semantic, but there's a difference to me be- behind between something that responds to the controller and feels responsive. And this uh, in prototype, in a lot of ways, doesn't feel responsive because I don't feel like he's doing what I want him to do. Like he's doing things in response to control the controller, but it's not necessarily what I expected he would do. That doesn't even make no sense, boy. I kind of get what you're saying. I kind of understand. <laughs> I kind of hear you. Yeah. And I I was really impressed with Prototype when they were showing a lot of the developer diary, just showing the tech behind it, how, um, you know, they showed him running down the street and there were, like, cabs flying through the air and he would just kind of very fluidly navigate through the cabs, you know, just, like, very quickly. But then I heard some people kind of talking about it in a way that made it sound really, like, they look sound silly. Like, it looks really silly. It is ridiculous in parts, and that's fine. I mean, it's a video game. Yeah, it's, it's true, but give it a ridiculous story like Crackdown had and not a serious Alex Mercer story like Prototype. It, it, it is pretty heavy-handed in, in the narrative department. Yeah, like, Crackdown was Crackdown's story and the way that it was narrated and stuff was silly, too, which went perfectly fine. Well, yeah. Crackdown, I, I mean, totally, yeah, crackdown. the plot was like a very thin like sort of narrative that was designed solely to loosely link the three areas together. Yeah. Right, and that's what that's what that's what prototype needed. Prototype didn't need some hardcore over the web story. of intrigue. It's just in the storytelling like I know and now I know that I wasn't the only one that felt like was I not paying enough attention because I read Brad Shoemaker's review at Giant Bomb and he was talking about how like the cutscenes would cut off in awkward places where he'd be like wait what's going on? Which is reading his review and hearing him talk about it was really funny to me because he gave it a 4 and talked about on the, on Giant Bomb's podcast how much he liked it and also said that he broke a controller playing it. Like he threw his controller and cracked it playing it. Yeah. And I almost saw you do that. Two nights ago. Yeah, well, I gave it a three out of five. Really? You didn't go for the 3.5? Nah. uh, In the end, after I wrote it, I was like, it is really... And even uh, the other people in the office who had played it to completion said it was more of a... That's what felt right to them. So, But I guess on Metacritic, technically, I gave it the low score. So... Fucking Metacritic. I was always used to... Like, when I would do my one-up reviews, and when they changed to the grade system... You know their their scores just skew low and like so, so every time so I does yeah, Garnet Garnet gave prototype a B minus and I guess Metacritic is rating that as like a sixty right yeah it's that like, doesn't yeah. I mean just like I give it what three fucking stars. school did you go to where yeah. B minus is sixty percent I don't know I if that's good or bad that's yeah. uh, that's what I'm saying like yeah I gave it like a I gave it like a three stars and that probably rates like a sixty I'd bet so which ostensibly makes a little more sense because it's three out of five like that fraction but you shouldn't even read that honestly if you're going to read a GameSpy review you should look at what our reviews mean we have a page dedicated if you read a review you should be reading the text to figure out what the person thought of it right but I'm just saying if you're going to go off the score like we I do very closely examine like the what our reviews mean on the scale I remember you sort of going back and forth about it for a few hours before you gave prototype a score right um 
So I, I mean, I don't know. I'm gonna let Tyler borrow my copy of Prototype because he hasn't gotten his 360. I'm just copy glad yet. to be done with it, so I can move on to finishing Infamous and playing Red Faction, hopefully. So, man, unfortunately, Red Fla- Faction is looking more and more to me like Dead Space, the game that I really want to play, but will probably never play. You haven't played Dead Space yet. Never played. That. It's, I'm gonna come over your house. I'm gonna take I'm all you, your games. It's exactly like for Red Dead Faction. Space. Well, like I'm gonna all... take the. We're gonna take the PC back until you fucking play <laughs> Dead Space. <laughs> I mean, there's all these fucking great games I have right now, and I'm just, like, looking at it like, uh... uh. I, well, Dead Space is kind of... I mean, I guess Dead Space is kind of long. It's like 14 or 15 hours. That's probably shorter than that. You could poop socket in a couple of days if you poop really socket. were determined. So. Assuming you aren't working at American Apparel sometime soon. Yeah. Did you honestly apply for an American Apparel job? Yes. I'm, I'm not. I'm not frowning at all at that, Tyler. You do what you need to do. Man, I love. I'm wearing two of their shirts. I love their clothes. Just think of all the money you'll save amazing. on Coke working at American. Oh Apparel. no, I won't have. There's no saving or spend spending there. Um, <laughs> all, also, I mean, hey, here's here's one thing. Someone asked me. Someone asked last time if I can give some advice, some love advice. Mm. And, and here's what I'd like to talk about right now. I want to talk with the guys in the room. So if there's any female listeners, I right know we now? have them. Yeah. Yeah, right this now. is for the guys. It's okay? happening right now. Do this it. is for the guys. It keeps it real, I guess. Okay, guys. When you take down your pants at night, if there's bagginess in the back of your underwear, you need to get rid of that. Men, we should not be having baggy underwear. It should be tight, form-fitting or if you're having boxers, they should fit pretty tight too. You shouldn't look shouldn't look like you're wearing fucking mushrooms around your pants. I guess I have a little bit of bagginess in my boxers. Yeah, it's not a good thing. Why is that? It's not attractive. Even uh. even like frumpy bodies can look good in form fitting undies. That's what I'm saying. Like American Apparel has great underwear. So wait, what type of underwear do you use? Do you wear do you wear boxers? Please don't cite American Apparel as the place where people should buy clothes to to make their bodies look better. I, I'm not saying like make their bodies. What I'm saying is. If you want to find fitting underwear, because like I, if I go and I buy a small pair of Hanes, I actually dude, feel like it's it easier like now than fucking... it, it's easier now than ever to find like like relatively well on, fitting on, underpants. So I, I just want to get back to what type of underwear do you wear? Uh, briefs or boxer briefs? Okay. I wear yeah box. I, you, you wear, wear boxers. You wear the you wear the tighties. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not. I'm are they not, tidy whiteies? Are they like tidy blueies or blackies? Oh no, I get colors. Okay. American Pearl has great colors. We call them. I have them too. We call them mantis when I'm wearing them. Mantis? Oh yeah. As in man, man. It's because they're like, I. I mean, I could guess. I could kind of. I'm. Uh, I shouldn't even say this. I can kind of picture Tyler in a dignified manner wearing underpants. <laughs> it is hard. I can't. I have never seen you in a way, nor do I ever expect to, where you're wearing. Briefs that are dignified. Uh, when I'm just walking around, you, the look, house like, in briefs. you look like a fucking four-year-old who wants a cereal. That's all I'm saying, guys. I'm not saying I look no any better. I, I have the exact same problem if I'm wearing briefs. I it's not judging. It's just saying. But I mean, shit, you can get fitting underwear, decent huh? fitting boxer briefs at Target now. Like that's so far, the thing. I've been going with Tyler's advice. On on things like I'm wearing I'm wearing the fucking smell. And today someone else was like, "What is that?" And we we didn't. I, I noticed that we didn't we didn't completely share. We gave details, but we didn't. Yeah, ever. Fuck man, pay it forward. It nope. will not be the last one. Nope, because Tyler Tyler could let me in on this like it was a little trade secret, so I can't pass it. Because on the guy who told me he was like, "Don't tell a lot of people about this," because otherwise they'll all be doing it. Yep, and I got to stand out. So maybe once I like have a long term girlfriend like Tyler does. 
then it's okay to pass it on. That's totally when it is, because, like, I had several girlfriends where I would use this little smell, and so, like, there are a bunch of, like, they talk to me like, oh, I smelled that smell the other day. Remind me of you. I'm like, yeah. All of a sudden, I miss talking about prototypes. <laughs> um, so Sorry. It's okay, I'm kidding. So I guess I don't miss talking about prototypes. Okay. Since we've already been going for almost 45 minutes, I'll talk about the game I've been playing, which is... Overlord, Overlord, right? And I looked up the previews, so I know what all I can pretty much say, which is pretty much most everything I've played. I mean, uh, you mean the sequel to Overlord? Overlord Two, yeah. Um, so, most important question for people who played the first one: Is there a mini map? Ooh, good call. You already know the answer to that. Yes, there's a mini map. Well, yeah, but they don't know. Um, I didn't know. Which, to some extent, I use, but to most of the time, I still play that game very much. So, just utilizing landmarks. I mean, that's how I played the first one too. I didn't yeah. have a problem. With getting really lost. Yeah, but Mark McDonald wanted to know. Yeah, come to think of it, you know, I you know, I would have liked one, but for the most part the landmarks are good enough to, to get around. Yeah. It's that was my problem with Overlord. Yeah, I, I really don't know much about this sequel. Like I've seen some screenshots. I've seen snow. It's more of the same, yeah, in the sense that you're still doing Overlord things, except now you're going through like a snow environment. In the jungle environment, and the jungle environment's really badass, and it has music that reminds me of Donkey Kong Country. If you ever played that, those yeah, games with their we, very particular yeah, music. Yep, played those rare games. Um, are, are there new um, minions? No, are it's there a, new minion units. It's the same type, but uh, they've done a lot of little subtle improvements, like uh, giving minions the ability to get mounts. And oh, so yeah, mounted yeah. mounted minions act differently. Like mounted minions can break like flanks phalanx formations of enemies if they're like set up in a way that normal infantry can't attack them like mounted guys can break them first and then you send in your other guys so or it's like, like normal w- tactics of war yeah or like a, when you get the guys with spider mounts spider mounts can climb up spider webs so there'll be certain walls that you have to guide them up to get to certain places it just changes the way that you play even with it, it almost adds like when you have them, it's almost like it's like another minion, a type. minion type, yeah. Oh, okay. Because you play with them separate, and you can and you can separate. It's the vaguely mounted. Metroidish. You can separate the mounted from the non-mounted. I want to see a minion in the Samus Aran costume. So, and the minions, of course, still have ridiculous costumes. And unlike the first one, like by the end of the first game, I had like a eight or nine like really awesome brown minions that would always roll with me, and they were like in full gold armor. And then when one of them died, it always sucked because that was it. You didn't get them back. And now you can Back go to, to pumpkins on now you heads. go to like your own little river sticks and you can resurrect them from the dead for a price and oh, always have your best great. and they have names too. So, oh, there you go. There you so go. So I run around with like ten that are like my my best in Put some emotional attachment to those minions. Yeah, Praetorian minions. I do. They're like my number one and they're they gain levels too, so like I have like this group of like level six brown minions who are like my go to guys for when shit gets bad. I always make sure I bring them back, uh, no matter yeah, how bad like it gets. Yeah, the elite squad. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I lost my train of thought for a second there. Giant panda bears. Yeah, I mean they're still ridiculous enemies, and the the writing's really funny, and they're still, and they've they've made like your tower way cooler, and you can like actually like it's it's on a way bigger scale than the old tower was in the first game. Like you kind of felt like you were in a castle, but it's this not time, really a tower so much as a mountain. It seems like it's like a tower. A well, it's more like a big t- mountain type tower that floats in in like another world. It's a totally. It's your cocoon. And uh, 
I don't know. It, it's a it's a fan. I thought the first one was great, and I can already tell that I think the second one is is on the same path to being just as awesome. Especially because you totally now you get uh, early on in the game you get a boat, and it's like Spartacus, where you where you have all your minions down there rowing the fucking boat, and there's another minion on the drum. <laughs> ordering and so you're controlling the boat it's not like a cutscene or anything like that and you can beat the minion that's on the drum so that he makes everyone go faster for short periods of time and then you'll have certain minions that aren't on the oars and those are the ones that man the boat for when it gets attacked so you're steering the boat telling it to go and you're still like sweeping the minions around the boat defending it as well and if worse comes to worse, you can always call the minions off the oars to have them defend the boat. That sounds really complicated. As well. It's not as bad as you think. I mean, uh, you don't really get attacked that much. The only times that you really have to worry about is when you're boarding another boat. Because you'll pull up alongside them, and then you'll pull all your minions out and board and take them over. Do you get to hear minion pirate talk? No, they don't do any of that. The coolest things minions have ever done is when they were in children's uniforms that they beat children up for and they were all and they were all wearing parkas and they started singing christmas carols minion style Codemasters, there better be a point where the minions hum the gremlins song <laughs> i don't think they want to get sued because the likeness is already there a lot yeah so they need to do it i mean even the christmas part in the early part feels a lot like gremlins don't make me do a fucking overlord two review with them with the gremlins theme music so i mean it's, uh, it's already happening it's it's pretty great. It's that all is, happening. <laughs> it's pretty long. And oh and the other new features you get to play as minions from time to time. You get to possess them. You right? get to possess them and that's a totally different style of play cuz you're still sweeping around the other minions but you have to utilize their unique abilities. So you I thought about pre-ordering like, the game so I could get a minion doll from GameStop. You sound like a marketing copy right now. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> why? Because I'm naming like the bullet points in the back of the game. Exactly. That is exactly why. Well, these are the things that are... I'm, I'm more pointing out because I do have the knowledge of the first one. True. I'm pointing out the things that are different from the and first you, one. And you played the fuck out of the first one. Um, I kind of want to pre-order it to get the little minion dolls, but then I looked on the GameStop website and I noticed that they fucking have the minion dolls on there. They're painted the wrong colors. Like the one that's blue, the one that's painted green is very clearly not a green minion. He's supposed to be a blue minion. I can tell because he has fins on his head. Oh, if shit. you bought it, I would repaint it for you. And uh, the greens are painted as browns on it. I I will repaint them. The for browns you. are painted as blues. I just couldn't believe it. I was like, who in this manufacturing thing? Like, like it's not like you could just paint any minion any color. Like they they are very like when you find the greens, they're themed around a jungle, so they kind publishing of, over they kind of look like lizards, and then. It's Codemasters still. I mean, it's. Like I mean, cool. is it Codemasters that's developing it or publishing? No, Codemasters, and I think it's like Triumph Studios that develops it or something. So, but that and Dirt are like the two really good games that Codemasters actually publishes. So, um, we are in Oakland. We haven't had any Oakland ambiance on the podcast for a while, actually. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like it's right at the liquor store up by our house. So. I actually saw a bunch of cop cars outside there a couple nights ago. Mm-mm. Hmm. I figure they make pretty good money in this neighborhood. So I mean, maybe we'll the go cops. knock it up one of these days and get some money. How much longer? I mean, that's a job, right? You said you don't like having a, a job that you go from 9 to 5. We'll fucking plot out a robbery. And that'll be a nice little oh, job. Okay, so you want you want to be heat, basically, is what you're saying. Yeah, we just need to acquire some assault rifles first. 
And then I'll just start firing in the street, nah, even though there's no man. one around. Go! No Way one chasing us. I'll just be like, get in the car. Way to do it is We'll steal a station wagon and I'll take you to a vet. I'll wear I'll wear a giant duffel bag on my back, full of laundry, because there wasn't even that much money there. But just for effect. Um, Have you guys seen Inside Man? Yes. Heist film. It's not as good as Heat. Ah, Have you ever it. seen Heat? Yeah. Okay. Seen, I mean, Heat's great. Like, yeah, for sure. Heat has like the loudest gun noises ever. Like Arthur already watches movies pretty loud a lot of times. Um, but when, Arthur takes advantage of his surround sounds. No, stuff. Arthur also has a harder time hearing things though. I think than than me sometimes. Um, I think it's just all the ambient noise. Like we, it's been talked about elsewhere that. That audio for movies isn't mixed for living rooms. Yeah, well, so either way, Arthur range. listens to his music, I mean, to movies louder than I'm just used to, I think, because I've always had roommates that I was worried about. And uh, not that it, like, it's on me, but like, Heat is like the one movie that when Arthur puts that on, it's like, Jesus, there's a gun battle going on. Pretty <laughs> much any Michael Mann movie, actually, the gun battles are always super loud. Like, the gun battles in Miami Vice are really loud, too. Hmm. Um, so, what else has anyone been playing? Uh, I think I think that's it. I need to get in some Red Faction I'm, multiplayer, which I'm going to do tomorrow. Oh, you got Tyler. You've been playing some company heroes. Uh, but that's not all. My latest fucking addiction last night, after I finished my Tiger Woods review, was fucking UFC 09. Mm. That chugga, game chugga, is chugga, so... Yeah, is right. First thing I did in that game was turn the music volume all the way down. I mean, do you just listen to custom soundtracks? I don't have any custom soundtracks going on. I'm just like, fuck it. I just don't want to hear this shit. Well, I mean, it's okay. It's on my three. I'm playing on 360, so you can do custom soundtracks on every 360 game. You just gotta put so much I don't know. I fucking play Tiger Woods, listening to Kill Switch Engage in the background, which doesn't make any sense to me. Golf is one of those games where I actually am like. Because it's the fucking epic going into the 17th hole with with a cover of Holy Diver in the background. <laughs> that is That's pretty why. fucking epic. Um, yeah. So tell us about UFC a little bit. Oh my god, it is so fun. I, you know, for one, <laughs> oh my god. A million people couldn't be wrong, Tyler. Yeah, honestly, I love the sport. I love MMA. I've been following it for a long, like, since the first UFCs. We've been watching them since the first ones, and, um... And I'm, you know, I'm a huge fan. I played Pride Fighting. I played UFC on Dreamcast and uh, PS2, I believe. And uh, and I enjoy this one equally. Um, to me, the coolest thing about it is is just playing through the creative fighter mode, which is like takes you through a career. And it's so fucking rad because it's it's basically like Tiger Woods, where you start off as a scrub and you're building your stats. But it's a lot more generous than like Tiger Woods, and you, it's much easier to to win. Although Tyler was not able to recreate himself accurately, because they do not have people of Tyler's weight nope, in mixed martial arts. No, this isn't like boxing in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> well, even in even in mixed martial arts, isn't there like a feather light, like or something uh, like that? Uh, I mean, I mean, you're not that much smaller than Hoist Hoist Gracie was, I guess. But. Nah, he weighs a lot less though. Like Hoist Gracie was small, but Hoist Gracie had more muscle mass. Well, yeah, the 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 lowest weight class they have for lightweight is one fifty five. You can be as short as five four. So I got myself as five four uh, five seven and one fifty five. Which, if it were really correct, it'd be like more like one twenty five. Oh man, oh man, but that's it's all right, so... Tyler. I've I've got all that. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm sharing it. Um, the great thing about the career mode is that. 
like, you know, you're setting up all your fights, and then, you know, before your fight, you have your however many weeks you have to, like, train and get ready for the for the match. So you can do this uh, a couple of different ways. Like, you can actually spar with a partner where you actually just do, like, one round, and how well you do will determine how many points you get to spend. Or you can just opt to to level up your attributes, which is speed, cardio, and power. Which, you you know, there's no gameplay with that. You just select, you know, up it. But all of those things drop your rest count, which is, like, how much stamina you have. So when you start the match, if you're mm. at 50%, you are you have 50% stamina, and you're much more in danger of getting knocked out. So there's just, like, a great balance of wanting to train a whole bunch before the next fight to get your stats up. Right, but and not overdoing it. Yeah, yeah. I definitely want to try some multiplayer, but uh, unfortunately, we only have one copy. Yeah, I know, and I and I was hitting up THQ for a copy of this for so long. I, I know THQ should go ahead and send us another copy because they already sold a million. I so, mean, I could right. I could try emailing that dude to THQ, yeah, and seeing if we can get a copy. But then, but 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 also, they have this other mode, like classic fights mode, where they recreate a lot of really. Uh, popular and like famous fights from like the last like 10 or 20 UFCs. They call it classic fights, but it's actually from the more newer ones. The like classic the last fights. 3 years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no. It, it 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 goes like I think like like 7 or 10 UFCs back, maybe even more. Jesus. But like I want to see like some fucking Maury Smith fights. I want to see You want to see like UFC 2 yes, where the fights last like 15 Abbott. seconds. I want to see uh, so some, wait, did you how many characters do you have to create your own character or can you play as pre-made ones like are you know real people now you know from my I, I only play, I only started playing last night and I did stay until up to like 4 in the morning playing but I was playing strictly career mode so I don't know if you can take the pre-made fighters into career mode and I don't think you I can I would assume not I mean but you can play exhibition and you can play multiplayer with them okay and and they're all the fighters in the classic fight mode. And what's cool about the classic fight mode is I thought, like, okay, it's just pairing them. It's just pairing up two fighters who fought. But no, like, the point of the mode is that the fighters went three rounds and it ended in a knockout. Like, you're supposed to go three rounds and end in a knockout. You know, it's, like, fucking rad. I don't know. Like, to me, I geek out about that shit because I like the sport so much. And and sports games in general have always been this sort of realm I've wanted to break into because... I don't know. I like sports. How's the damage outside. modeling? The it, you know it's pretty decent. The, uh, the there's like a few stock cuts. You'll see like the same cuts oh, okay. on the people guys don't get faces. cut that often. Though, I mean, I just, in real UFC, like don't. when they do, yeah. it's like it might be the end of the fight. Again, like I'm just remembering the first few UFCs where there were just outrageously gory injuries. Right, I'm just saying nowadays it's not like that at all. Nowadays it's like someone gets cut. It's like, we might have to end it. There's, <laughs> no, right. There's no Savate guy kicking a fucking sumo dude as hard in the face as he could and knocking out a bunch of teeth. Yeah, the sumo bone crusher guy. Is do, it, you, is, do you remember that fight? Yeah, that was that like, was like, I'm like telling you, one of the most terrifying things I've ever Those seen. Those are classic fights. I want, I want to see Fred Eddish, man. I've talked about this before. Fred Eddish, the fetal fighter. Or like the boxing guy that gets knocked out in one hit. Oh. Right, nowadays when most people get knocked out, I mean, it's that's what I'm saying. They wouldn't have to do that much damage modeling because most of the modeling they'd have to do would be post-fight stuff. Like, a lot of times during the fights, unless it's one that goes on really yeah, long, there's submission. you don't see the yeah, face swelling quite swelling as much. If someone has time. you, like, in a good arm bar, then you're not going to wait till they break your arm the wrong way. You're just going to say, okay, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But as far as, like, the modeling you see, I mean, it's fine. Like, 
uh, my guy tends to fucking bleed like a stuck pig, but, you know, I don't know what that's about. Um, You're like Ben Stiller. Yeah. Uh, but but the other cool thing is, is like, at first when they, when they announced 80 fighters, I was really wary that they would all be, like, the same generic fighter. But really, they have, like, two tiers that every fighter has like their speciality which is the striking tier and the gra- and like uh like the grappling tier and it's like striking could be boxing muay thai or kickboxing and then their grappling tiers could be um brazilian jiu-jitsu wrestling and judo and then between those and between character attributes and uh weight and all these other things i mean you just have a giant range of like characters you can play you know fighters that that you want in there that aren't in there you could hold there's this system is flexible enough to make almost any fighter i mean with the exception of some really crazy fighters like uh sakuraba you know you're not gonna get a fucking cartwheel punch move in there (laughs) no matter what you do um but yeah it's like it's the game i've been sitting here and all day i haven't played it all day and i'm just like man i want to play ufc more all right i guess that'll uh That'll wrap up our what we've been playing segment. Yeah, maybe next week I'll talk about Ghostbusters. Have you been playing Ghostbusters? No, I'm thinking about getting it. And at least now I know which one to get. Arthur's debating whether or not whether or not. Oh, did you hear about that? I heard. Let's let's let the the minor Ghostbusters scandal. What that the PS3 version's like downrezzed or whatever. It's like at three quarters of the resolution of the 360 version, and the frame rate is way worse. I've only seen one screenshot, so I'm not like speaking from fucking. Crazy no, this is the dude, but the dude from Eurogamer bad. that's been doing like HDMI comparisons for like the last year and a half. So oh. it's like a really bad example. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I guess it just comes down to whether or not you think it's worth sixty dollars, or is it worth waiting for? Or... or if you live in Europe, whether or not you're willing to import the the American version of the 360 game. I was speaking more specifically about you. Oh, oh yeah, as to whether or not I get Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah, I mean. I don't know. That's that's the hard thing. I mean, sixty dollars is a lot of money to me. Still, I mean, it's not like I no. I mean, it's I don't buy games lightly. So just kind of, especially right now where there's like a bunch of games out and coming out. It's like is Ghostbusters going to be one of those, or am I going to wait till it drops for like thirty nine? Does yeah. I uh, see, but that would does require Bustin buying one hundred and twenty dollars worth of Ghostbusters. Does Bustin make you feel good? I don't know. <laughs> uh, what is that even from? Why do, why do, it's from the song bust makes you feel good oh. i didn't know why because that was like the tagline on the game spy review as well it was does bust make you feel oh, good now i feel like an asshole and i was like what does that even mean it's okay i'm sure that we're all making jokes about what asshole on the internet's gonna be the first person that puts up a prototype review and says like this is a prototype for a good game or something like that like somehow <laughs> uses like the word prototype in there so you know what i mean like Trust me, we make fun of shit like that all day. I think it'd be the the more subtle use would be like prototype seems like a good test run for a future concept. Either way, even that's still like because then you get two synonyms for prototype in the same lead. Wow. Anyways, we're gonna take I a break myself. and we're gonna come back and talk about leaks as opposed to leads. And then Which after leaks? that, the leaks in the from the letters. Why do you, like poop leaking out? Why of Why does butt? everyone think that that's a funny joke? What. Like the the exchanging pee for poop type of leak. I don't even know what you're talking about. I was referencing the fact that we also said that I was going to talk about the time I pooped in my pants. Oh, no, that's third segment. <laughs> but I don't even know what you're talking about. I'll tell you in a minute. All right, we'll be right back. Well, I'm digging my grave. 
end of the world. <laughs> I feel like I missed something important. Uh, that was one of the theme songs I need to push on to you that somebody oh. sent me. Yeah, it just says like he just keeps saying like podcast. It's the, the strong world. bad version of our theme song. Yeah, and it's just like it. random electric guitars and stuff. It's good. I mean, it, it's totally. I, I mean, not... I like the one that sounds like fucking Moby and DJ Shadow got together to do something that involved fat penis. I it's, haven't heard I, a lot of these ones aren't necessarily ones that we would use, but they're good and they're yeah. Right. We should play like all of them. I think yeah, yeah we'll we have it. I think go. we'll have a spread them out a middle segment the the episode where we make our decision where we talk about the one that we pick. And we'll play them. Maybe we and maybe we can comment on all the other ones too. Like play them and listen with the listeners. Yeah, I mean, me and Tyler definitely did our own little listening party during E3 when I was in the hotel room. That's when we heard podcast end of the world. We just kept on saying that all the time. Like that doesn't end of the world. Like where did that come from in our <laughs> podcast? Well, when all of the E3 stuff gets leaked weeks before, you have to have something to talk about. Yeah, that's true. Why did my cat just be a dick and fuck with your, <laughs> fuck with your hat and then she walked away? She just knocked my hat you off. You ruined my segue. It was such Sorry, a good I one. I know. It was a good one. No, it was terrible. E3 but it was leaks. a segue. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, not just E3 leaks, but just leaks in general. <laughs> no, sir. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, we I, were... for me, it was my first E3. And in a lot of ways, I, I honestly uh, I honestly did feel like they, they stole the magic of it for me. It was like seeing the girl that you lose your virginity with having sex with someone else first. Aww. Or even, uh, you know, it's just like... It's the first Something time that doesn't gonna, involve sex. The first, no, the first time you're gonna have sex, and you're like, this is gonna be the greatest thing ever. And then you do it, maybe, and you're like, eh, it was pretty good, but I mean, you realize that you know yourself a lot better. Or when you accidentally premature into the condom first. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> nah, that actually didn't. That actually never happened. But I'm not gonna front like like I was a fucking machine the first time either. So, um, this I, just went to a really oh, weird yeah. place, and Boy, I apologize. I'm sorry, listeners. I definitely had some serious leak problems. <laughs> I'm sorry, listeners. This is my fault. Uh, what are we talking about? Dino says, uh, <laughs> while there is always that anticipation of something new and rumored announcements, I would much rather that leaks not happen. He spelled leaks like the vegetable. Yay! That's okay. Uh, when I watch the E3 press conferences, I want it to be a mo- like a movie with no spoilers. It's true, it is more exciting the first time you see things. Like, back in the day before I was part of the enthusiast press or even before I was like wanting to be a part of it like when I used to just occasionally like come home and find out E3 news and remember find out, E3 like, in 2006 and find out like someone announced a new console I was like really awesome yeah like, or it was like, be, like weeks after E3 yeah. in 2006 where all, there are all these fucking amazing trailers for all this shit that came out and like if you turned on your Xbox it'd be like here's our trailers and a lost planet demo exactly yes. like it just felt like uh, I actually went to these things and I wasn't like a yep game I already knew was coming out because people already did events for it long before E3 or anything like that. I mean, again, Natal is sort of one of the few things that... Natal was the one thing I knew was coming, but... Well, the thing about Natal is that... It was still nice to see. Like, I think it was, again, like we talked about last week, I just think that people were talking about Natal because everyone expected it to suck. And the fact that it didn't is a surprise. I did not expect it to suck. I hate that I just said the fact that that is a grammar pet peeve. I knew that it wasn't going to suck only because I had read the things about the technology before and how 
critically well liked it was um, like when it was a. Uh, at but I have to say though, I mean, because I've been to the past four E threes and. And and compared to the last ones, even with all the leaks, there were still some big surprises this year. I mean, especially with Sony. Like what? What did you think were was a surprise? Final Fantasy fourteen is an easy one that comes to mind. Um, a lot of stuff like uh, Left for Dead two being announced. I mean, that got leaked. That that would have been a surprise had. Had it not I'd been not leaked. Been told, like, Everything at E3 would have been a surprise if it hadn't gotten leaked, though. Yeah. I already know... Oh, never mind. Mm. I'm not even, I'm not even say. Are you? Were you about to say something you're not supposed to? I would have got someone in trouble, yeah. Yeah. Oh. That's what I'm saying. I already know some shit about games that aren't even going to come out for another year. Like, how they end. Like, oh. how ridiculous is that? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's one thing. I don't, as, as much as I love uh, Mass Effect, the first time I saw Mass Effect, like I saw that big spoiler with um, oh god, I can't think of the alien killed his race. Rex. Rex. God, I couldn't think of that name. Shepard. Shepard. Um, yeah, like they played that scenario, so that was like spoiled for me. But at the same time, it was like oh, I was gonna. First Wait, at E three, you saw the the Rex. Yeah, scene? that that was that's what they were demoing at the Santa Monica E three, and again at this one, Son it was like a, a pretty bitch. Yeah, like that was like one of the biggest coolest. De- that was the coolest decision you had. to I make had in no the game. man. I I guess I was, I lucked out that I that was never spoiled for me. Yeah, that it was you a did. surprise when it happened. Yeah, because that's all I could think about afterwards. I was telling Jody, uh, you know, I had the Matt, they, they were giving away the copies of the Mass Effect novel, and like, I was already starting to read it because it was so it's so exciting. I read, yeah, I read the Mass Effect novel before I played the game. Yeah, like in a day. Um. So uh, let's see. To continue, uh, Rockstar. God damn you! People need to come up with names that don't have Z's in them. Rockstar is yes. in Rockstar, but he's like adding fucking consonants. Stizar, yes. Like saying biznitch. We love you because you listen to the podcast and post on the site. But god damn it. Uh, as much as the leaks this year seem to ruin part of the major press conferences, mostly Sony, I'd take a I'd take a leak God damn that word. I'd take know. a leak over a long drawn out PR and marketing plan any day. I, I could have done for a week or two on something like Modern Warfare two, then maybe it would have at least gotten me excited. I actually thought that the Sony one wasn't ruined necessarily by leaks. I mean, I guess the PSP Go, hearing about that wasn't um, like a revelation, but... Friend of the podcast and resident Sony prostitute Nick Sutner was angry, I recall, that uh, that all this stuff for The Last Guardian was leaked so early. Yeah. Because he, in his opinion, that would have been contender for Game of the Show if people hadn't known it was coming. I right. Think, I think that's a good point, too, because, like, I'm a huge fan of Eco, and... Although and the trailer as, they showed was, uh... It was rendered differently. It wasn't the yeah. exact same but I thing. mean, the, 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 the premise, like, the conceit of it was the same, which is fucking Luck Dragon and Child. Yeah, well, it got leaked by a European site, so... Yeah, no, I mean, that... I mean, that was just another case where it's like, I'm such a fan of the series... I didn't want to not watch the leaked trailer, you know? I had to do it. And basically, if you don't resist. want leaks, it sounds like just don't tell European press anything. Revasalot <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, says it's almost as if you're treating a leak like a movie spoiler. Press conferences shouldn't be treated like a Broadway musical or Martin Scorsese film. If something leaks, then be creative and play it off. They should be treated that way, though. That's the whole, What's the whole point of having E3 and everything? It's like... 
well, technically the point of E3 is for retailers to get together and decide what they're going to buy. Kind of, but a lot of it is still like a... It's console war. They've gone back. No, they've gone back to the spectacle of it all. Not even for console war, just for each thing to get you excited because you're a person that plays games. Well, I think that getting people excited is more about for at least for Sony. I think that they are still trying to make the case for people to buy the system. Right. Well, that's because they're not retarded. (laughs) (laughs) Why did you look right at me when you said that? Okay. Well, they are not mentally challenged or disabled. Um, they, they know that they still need to move hardware, so I mean, of course, they're still. Working. But I mean, th- when leaks happen, it ruins the the sort of momentum of their press conference, and that does play a big part in the way that people view the platform. Yeah, but I kind of feel like the press conference isn't for people that don't know the console exists or haven't thought about buying it. Anyways, it's already for people that are about the the thing. Like, I don't think the con- I don't think the press conferences sit there in China. I think that there are a lot of PS3 fence sitters still. Yeah, but I'm just saying I don't think the consoles, the those big old press conferences are sitting there to move hardware as much as, like, almost just show, like, why the, the, the console's going to have a good year that year for people that do have it. I think like, they're also hoping to affect press coverage as well. Right, of course. I mean, that's, man, of course. That's why, that's part of the reason why you need the the things that are actually surprising, that get excitement, that are part of the spectacle of yeah, it all. exactly. That is the reason. I thought, yeah, I mean, both Sony and Microsoft had a really cool presentation. Mm-hmm. Like, the Nintendo one was, like, the weakest of them all as far as, like, visually appealing. That also, the Nintendo one took place in, like, a tiny little theater, and it was, like, I don't know. It was obviously not the spectacle. Even, like, the 360 one had, like, a really cool stage all yeah. the, with all I the mean, colors. I mean, the 360 one managed to have at least one surprise, which was that the Beatles, the remaining Beatles, were actually there. Even if it was the most anticlimactic fucking stage reveal ever. Uh, that wasn't even a surprise, though. I knew about that before that happened, too. But how soon before? Like, a couple days before. Really? Yeah. I mean, it didn't even seem like they knew for sure whether or not it was going to happen, because they rescheduled the press conference like a day no, I, before. I had heard that the, that the Beatles would be making an appearance. So the surprise for me was Felicia Day. I actually didn't know she was... I, knew, I figured she was going to go to E3, but I didn't think she was going to be a part of any press conference. Like, I'm like, she's Felicia Day. She does, like, the Guild, and she's done some Buffy parts, but why would she be a part, like, of a prison, of an actual press conference? Well, I mean, I, I mean, Microsoft, the Marketplace carries the Guild. I know, it was just a surprise still to see her, especially because she wasn't there to present anything to do with video stuff. She was there to present stuff about social networking, mm-hmm. you know? Which, know. for me, the social networking stuff, I had no idea that they were bringing yeah, that Twitter was... and Facebook. I, I assumed that they would. I mean, would. it's cool, but it's It was like... surprising. I don't know that I, I care that much. Oh, like, it's right. definitely not on par with, like, bringing Netflix or anything like no. that. And, and, and you know what I thought was weird about that? You know, what we're talking about right now. Twitter and Facebook being not that interesting, but when I went to Microsoft's booth later and took their Xbox tour of, like, the things they were bringing to the dashboard, I thought there was some pretty significant stuff in there, like Xbox 360 games that are being put up for full yeah. download on the 360, like... Which is not a surprise. I mean, we've been... Yeah, but it's great to have. I mean, yes. and also, like, anything on the marketplace is going to be reviewable with, like, a star system. Like, th- these were all, like, new things for me, at least. That was pretty great. Yeah, I guess it's just, like, the minutia of things that they had to make a decision of whether or not they were going to have another famous person come out on stage for ten seconds or if they were going to tell us about a new detail of something. Well, I mean, you got to figure that having John and Ringo... Or not John and Ringo... Oh, man, having John on stage would have been something. Yeah. Uh, but having Paul and Ringo on stage gets them coverage on CNN or NBC. 
Yeah, and but they, Steven they, Spielberg. They could have just had yeah. that, but yeah, they didn't need to bring out Steven Spielberg, in my opinion. And they didn't. <laughs> right. And they didn't like need, having Steven Spielberg drop. And they didn't need to bring Yoko Ono out either. Like there's oh, like Yoko, some things. It was just was like really at some point it was just like it was just like. And guess what? This person's backstage too. Oh. Well, she is the keeper of John Lennon's legacy. I mean, nothing happens with John Le- with anything John Lennon related without her say so. Right, but she doesn't own the Beatles music. That's that's she Michael Jackson. Owns, uh, I think the Apple bought back a lot of the rights to. But either way, I'm just saying she doesn't right? own it. Either way, it's somebody else that owns it these days. Well, didn't Michael Jack? Did Michael Jackson own all the rights, all the publishing rights? Yeah, as far as I knew, he owned the Beatles catalog for a long time. I mean, I know that he owned part of it. I just yeah, didn't... I don't think he owned the whole catalog. Yeah, because the giant idea that chunk of it, that John Lennon wouldn't have owned any of like the rights to the Beatles catalog. Yeah. And therefore, Yoko and Julian would have I have owned. to imagine it's pretty insignificant compared, though, to... Man, I, I played in this, like, hard rock band in Houston, not the band that we've played on here for, like, five... Like, about four years back home, and um, our drummer had this steady girlfriend the whole time, and she was always cool. I got along with her, but the other guys in the band hated her, and they would always call her Yoko, <laughs> like, all the time. They were so mean to her. Girlfriends that get involved in, with the band in any sort of way can be a bad idea. Yeah, so. she was always at practice, but I liked her. Hey, her going to practice is one thing. It's when she starts giving suggestions about things. Oh or no, something. no, no! It was never even went into that. Never. Then that's like they the just fuck. got annoyed by her and called her Yoko. <laughs> Maybe because the drummer wasn't fucking as many bitches as his quota. Yeah. They, um, yeah. So Tyler had to make up for it. <laughs> Right. Yeah, they would always try to get me to man, and then that, that's when they would do the swingers quotes. You see, our boys all grown up now. Oh, God. <laughs> Fuck, that's the second podcast I've heard this week to bring up swingers. Really? Yeah. Weird. Uh, Just watched it the other day. Friend of the oh, really? I can't get through that movie because I started, and Vince Vaughn is such an annoying fucking character <laughs> that I just yeah. turn it off. Like, there's just so much waja going on at the beginning of that movie that it's painful it is it really is to me the most painful part is when uh the main character is calling that girl's answering machine that he just met at the bar over and over and over and it's just like you don't think he's gonna keep picking up the phone but he keeps does and it's just like oh god pain a uh, friend of the podcast, Mitch Dyer, says, It's hard for me to look at leaks as anything other than more news. We're in a time where blogs report on fucking vans with Super Mario's plumbing on the side. We're getting updates every 10, 20, 30 minutes on new things. So something like the PSP Go trickles out. It's hard to discern if it was supposed to be news now or news later. Leaks get caught up in the flow of everything else. It sucks for marketing people, but for blog stalkers, it's hard to notice it as anything else but something to consume. <laughs> what do you call them? Blog stalkers? Yes. Is in the people that read them, or is in the people that write them? Because the people that write them are kind of stalkers. They fucking it's their job just to know the minutia of stupid bullshit going I on. I suppose. I mean, I don't know that I'd categorize everyone that way, but yeah, I, I guess. Uh, it's... Most of the blogs out there. I mean, did we really need to know? Like, like it's just like if you go to like a an aggregator or an RSS feed and you look at like Joystick or Kotaku or these things, and you just look at the stuff they put. It's like just like. Everything from stories that are actually news to, like, the minutia of things that are just, like, man, who cares? But apparently people do. But that stuff, it is. But people do care because the people who go to these sites, they're looking for anything in gaming culture they can get, you know? I mean, they, they, they might not live in situations, you know, like here in San Francisco and in Oakland, like, there's a lot of nerd culture. Like, I always see people on the bus here, like, reading comics and shit. But I know, like, in Houston, Texas, man, like, I... Uh, you know, aside from my friends that I would game with, I kind of felt 
you know, like, I mean, not like a loner, but just definitely not in a big group. Like, you know, you see a, a group of guys always playing basketball outside or something, hanging out like that. Like, there's always a place for these cultures to get together. And, and I, you know, and I feel like, you know, these little, like, sometimes silly little news feeds are just a part of it. I mean... You know. Yeah, I guess I just feel like sometimes people give Len so much credence to like stupid stories sometimes too. Like, right. Would and you care to give an example or I don't know, or people care so much about a story of like a just a picture of a of a person <laughs> like or like a a pic, I don't know. I guess I I could go on these sites and probably find something. I mean, we do it too at GameSpy sometimes mm-hmm. we we write up stories that are just like about a like today I, I wrote one that was a press release about how Oblivion and and uh, Bioshock are being bundled together, mm-hmm. which is fine. Yeah. But I mean, it's like, it's like I don't know. That's not really news to me at all. Like, what? That's that's just a. It's news to someone who's who's played neither of those games. That's I mean, what I'm saying, but the person that's reading GameSpy, I'd be surprised that there's a person that's played neither of those games. Yeah, that's true. Too. But I mean, I think in a way, it's that's worthy of putting up on a blog if for no other reason than to say what? Because that's such a confusing combination they're both published by 2k that's the only reason so that is the reason that they're being bundled together i think it's because 2k has financials to make and that's not why they're being bundled for the ps3 only for the 360 and pc because 2k did not do the i mean bethesda did not do co-publishing with 2k for the ps3 version did they just do it themselves i don't know but i know it wasn't involved 2k because i emailed the pr And asked why there wasn't a PS3 one. Did someone else publish Fallout 3, or was that just Bethesda? I don't know. I'm trying to remember. I think it might have hmm. been. So Bethesda's moved much more into publishing, I think, lately. Anyways, uh, yes. So. They, that Considering that was the only reason that we all flew to London. I'm so sure as shit wasn't to, to get excited about Wet or fucking Rogue Warrior. That guy's going to kill you in sleep. Move on to the next comment. <laughs> Arthur. Um... Well, something that I wanted to ask the two of you is, uh, as, I mean, we've all known information that pertained to things that were going to happen that we couldn't talk about, right? I mean, I'm not, I mean, I know Anthony has, and I know I have, and then I, I'm assuming you have yeah, as well, Tyler. Yeah, I know things, man, about things. Um, Ask your question. Quit leaving I mean, in silence. I, I, I want to know what what you how you feel about leaks. Like, it's hard to sit on those those stories sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it's exciting to get to know things. Like, you know, I knew about EGM revival things long before there was ever an announcement. Street Fighter Four comes to mind. Yeah, Street Fighter Four. I mean, I knew that EGM had the reveal cover for that before anyone else and that was another thing I had to sit on I mean it's hard because you work with all these people and a lot of them you're on such friendly terms with that they'll inevitably share something with you and you'll share something with them and well I don't know people they gab I mean we work in an industry of fucking people that gossip and gossip and gossip I mean these are people that are always looking for the first thing they can write on their fucking blog or news feed on their site so I mean of course they're just looking for inside things even if they're just having friendly conversations they're constantly you can tell if you're thinking about it that they're grooming each other for information all the time. It's like a, a fucking embassy dinner in the in the Middle East where everyone is a spy and trying to pump everyone. Yeah, for I mean when you go out to dinner with a bunch of people from various publishers and stuff, they're still at you know inevitably the conversation still revolves around games because while you're all people, the fucking common ground that's driven you to be there that's easy to be social about and not be awkward is 
video games. So, um, just as an example, I in in just to, I mean, I don't want to make disparaging comments about this, but last the the E3 Christmas special that we did, we talked about Bungie announcing Halo Reach. And wondering why the fuck Halo Bungie is making more Halo games because we thought that they wanted to get away with, from it, and we conveniently received an email from an industry person that that informed us as to why that is. Yeah, it was like they supposedly. Were- oh, I was. I didn't know if we actually wanted to say why that reason was. Ah, I just, I just think you know, contracts or something. There, Bungie is obligated to make more Halo games, and it's a reliable source of income. Right. Well, I think after each, their obligation is done. So. And there, and there's also still the Peter Jackson Halo game. Yeah, but I'm saying I don't know. If that's necessarily going to be a bungee thing. But uh, this person, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. And the, I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to say any more, obviously, because this person has sent us other information in the past, which we, some of it, we've talked about, and some we haven't. But. <laughs> uh, Jet Set Lemming says, "I want more weeks." Specifically, I want someone to leak what what the fuck Warren Spector is working on for Disney. How the hell has that gone so long without anybody leaking it publicly? Um, right, and I, I I think that right there is total evidence of why we want leaks so badly. It's just because a lot of the most top secret shit, you know, it's we games take so long to develop. It's you know, it's not like the production cycle. Yeah, movie, I'm know? gonna be honest. I've talked with this to Arthur before. I would rather prefer that I didn't even know a game existed until it was like four months out. Like that would be really I mean, cool yeah, to me. I mean, that that has really cool stuff too. Because like, I like when I first see a game that I'm like, yes, and then they tell like when I saw Shadow Complex for the first time, the XBLA game, I was like, that's awesome. And then I was like, when's that coming out? And they're like August, and I was like, fuck, <laughs> yes, you know. Or yeah, like when I first exactly. saw the first episode of a uh, of the new Monkey Island game from Telltale, I was like, when is this coming out? And they're like July seventh, and I was like, a fucking month, awesome. Yeah, same like, way with I Battlefield mean, 1943. Yeah, I just, I just, I like having the short turnaround because I don't have to sit there and wait. Like seeing an early teaser trailer for a, you know, a Beyond Good and Evil two. That who knows it's torture. When that, who would that? Yeah, who knows when that'll come out? It's like that was awesome. Which I yeah. mean, not anytime soon. Not for at least another year. Yeah, if not two. So it's like you know, it's, I mean, I don't, I don't mind the lack of leaks. You know, I. I yeah, I mean, I, I I could totally go without leaks if that means that it would stop fucking teaser, tri- teaser bullshit. Like that. I don't think no leaks would stop teaser bullshit. No, I, no, I'm not saying. I'm just saying, like, if if there were some like ultimate goddess of the universe that could switch one for the other, I would gladly trade leaks to just have no more teaser, dumbass campaigns. I can't, I can't stand teasers. Um, sorry. So, yeah. So I guess we can probably wrap that up right there. Um, well, I mean, we didn't get to... I mean, you you talked about like the idea of social networking in general and how that ties into leaks. Like, Do you think that that's affected it? Oh, right. well, I like mean, how... totally. Twi- shit, shit gets leaked on Twitter all the time. And now, granted, people should never be using Twitter as like the definitive source. They can reference it in a news story. But it shouldn't be like, because this is on Twitter, it's true. It should be it's like, like using Wikipedia this, as a source. Because this is on Twitter, it could be true. Who knows if this person's fucking rambling or not until you get official confirmation. But, I mean, yeah, shit. shit I mean, you saw it at Bethesda. Didn't someone Twitter something, like, when they shouldn't have? And then by the time they found out, it was like, I guess it's Yeah, n- uh, Fallout New Vegas was originally embargoed until the same time as everything else that we saw. And someone leaked it basically as soon as he said it. On Twitter. And on so Twitter. they changed the embargo right there. Yeah. 
It was and it was European press. That's what I'm saying, man. European press, fucking cut them out. But as I've said, <laughs> the only reason it was European press is because the American journalist got to it a little bit later. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So things like it. Twitter, where people can literally post to the internet from their goddamn cell phone. Yeah, I mean, it just makes it like, you know, I mean, all too easy for constant updates. So all too it's easy. it's just like the blog mentality an even quicker turnaround. Right, I mean, just the fact that people are just like, get it up, get it up, get it up, we gotta be first, we gotta be first. I don't so. care if it's on your Twitter page, we can still say we had a first. Right. So, I don't like it. No, sir, I don't like it. No, so, sir, I don't like it. So, le- leaks are, like, tied to e-penises and with, with blogging times? Yeah, that is exactly what it's like. I was the one who broke that shit on my Twitter. Fuck. Well, you know what? I got a small dick. But I got a big Twitter following. <laughs> I was wondering where you're going with that. That seemed kind of non sequitur. I was like, this would be another great instance where we could have like this, that goddess of the universe trade one for another. <laughs> <laughs> I would give up three thousand Twitter followers for an additional two inches. Oh man, I would. <laughs> really, you'd only give up three thousand? I don't know, man. I'd probably let's not talk about this. Anymore. However many followers you want, take as many followers as you want. Goddess yeah, of the not universe. Let's talk about my penis to Tyler pooping in his pants. We'll, we'll be right back. I was just wondering, when was the last time you soiled your pants, and was it due to illness, drink, perversion, or just laziness? Oh, See ya. Perversion, I like that he puts that Goom in there. Jr. from the United Little Kingdom. <laughs> that one just... <laughs> Every time you laugh like that, Tyler, it's like the pot laugh. It's like you're trying to hold it in and laughing at the same time. I, I don't know why I do that. I, Man, I with the same, amount of I fucking, my sneezes too. With the amount of chili and Mexican food that you've eaten over the last three days, I am really shocked that you're willing to do that and fan it back toward yourself. <laughs> I'm mostly fanning it out. Uh, uh, I, I'm sorry to disappoint you, Goom, but I have never actually crapped my pants. Except for when he was an infant. Well, yeah, I don't know that that counts. Yeah, do diapers count as pants? No. Um, I almost crapped my pants a couple months ago going running. Which was excru- it was the worst run I've ever had because for some reason I didn't usually I try to go before I go running just to avoid exactly that sort of situation because needing to piss when you go running sucks too. Um, but for some reason, man, I just all of a sudden I was halfway through it and my bowels my bowels were in agony. But let's move on from that because you didn't actually poop your pants and that's no. very funny. No, I was I I I shit ten seconds after opening the door. <laughs> But but I besides me who who inevitably is uh, sharded in my pants. Anthony has the semi annual almost once a year. Yeah, I mean I, I uh, you know I I I mean it's no secret that I 
that I, I fart a lot. I mean, every human farts a lot. I guess I just make it more public. And, uh, and you know, there's been times that I've... I mean, man, I treat my body pretty bad sometimes with the food I eat, even though it's vegetarian. And uh, there's been times that I've... I've paid for it with the, with the fart that turned into a shark. But Tyler, on the other hand, said he had a good story of when he actually did the full deed. I mean, I've done the, I've done the full deed, too. It's just been a while. You know, but I, man, I've had some... I can distinctly remember a time when I was a little kid, and I shit my pants good. Like, I must have been, like, like probably nine or something like that. It was, like, one in the morning, I was sick. I was expecting you to follow up nine with team. And I shit my pants really bad. And I just remember, I didn't know what to do. Cause I, did, I didn't know what to do because I was like, what should I do with my underwear? Like, you know, if throw I threw them in the garbage away. can, my mom would know. So I just remember I walked out and threw them around the side of my house. And I was like, I'll take care of them tomorrow morning. That's my fucking story for you. Oh, you don't want to talk about the one where you shit, you shit your bed like two years ago? I was farting on my bed and I just pooed a little. <laughs> just a little. It was a shark, man. It's like you know how at Best Buy on the on on Black Friday they try to only let certain people in and sometimes more sweep in with them. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. These things happen. Great. Now Tyler. Yeah, mine. I it it wasn't like a it wasn't like a wham bam and you're over situation. I went to school. Oh no. And uh, I was in third grade, and I don't have. A poo phobia, which means, like, I can poo in public. You know, in public restrooms don't freak me out. But I never went during school because they were always so gross and there were no doors or walls. Oh, that's fucked up. And, like, what I the just, fuck? What yeah. kind of crazy third world fucking elementary school did you go to? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just didn't, I wasn't cool with that at that age. I mean, now, I mean. I'm what was there, like here. a trough or buckets Dude, I, or something? I wouldn't want to f- shit without doors. Did they nowadays. dig a pit in back? Yep. How the fuck were there not doors? I guess they, they figured people would kick them off or something. Describe describe this bathroom layout to me, Tyler. Okay, I... yeah. Like, so, you, I mean, you walk in and it's all ele- for elementary school kids, so everything's, like, super short, right? <laughs> and to the left is just a wall of urinals, and to the right it's just one after another, and open, exposed toilet. Like, no walls, no nothing. No like, walls, not even no dividing nothing. walls Not even them. dividing walls in between them. No one so, could. No one could shit in that bathroom. Exactly. No, that's like how they do it in old Marine barracks and stuff. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, but still, like, who wants to just like shit? a nine-year-old like, though? From that era, like the, where there definitely was. It's it looks. Who totally wants to shit in front of people though? Yeah. Besides, you know, like the old West had walls on the outhouse. <laughs> or you shit. like shit so Tyler, out, out? Hold on, stop. Because we still haven't gotten to how Tyler shit his pants. Oh man, <laughs> and. And like usually, if I if I really had to go during school, it would hit me like after lunch, and I would just hold it. You know, I could hold it for hours. But this one, it was like an hour into school, and I knew <laughs> it wasn't going to happen. I knew it wasn't happening, and so it's like I had the or, or more specifically, you knew it was happening. I knew it was happening. <laughs> I and, guess try and go during class, right? Because then there won't be that many kids in there. Right. It was like I was thinking like. Well, I could hold it all day, or I could just go now and wait till I get home. And so I did, and I walked around all day at school. Oh, you mean you meant I could just go now, like, in my pants? Yeah. (laughs) Whoa! Man, that's like going from zero to the speed of light. Yeah. 
Wait, you didn't even have to go that bad when you went? No, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was bad. Like, I knew it was bad. I mean, this was, like, beyond. I mean, this was, like, you know, it was a a call, man. I had to drop bombs. (laughs) Wait, okay, George Bush. It was a call to arms. Wait, uh... If you had to shit that bad an hour into school, you didn't have to go before you left? No, that was the thing. It you weren't, like, terrible, running that late? That's situation. never happened to you. I've been in my house all of a sudden and just been, like, playing video games. It's just, like, like, a punch uh, in the stomach. Like, oh, you're going. No, yeah. I've never been, like... I'm in. Yeah. Man, so this just, is a really just, like, interesting article on The put Economist. put on, like, the stern face and just dropped him right there. I did it, and then... And then, so here's kind of the fucked up shit that would follow. Oh, there. It, what do you mean the fucked up shit that would follow? We are in fucked up we shit town. Because I have a, a short poo story as well. <laughs> um, so I mean, this is the logical conclusion of this podcast. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. Like, it smelled really bad, but I was. <laughs> you just play it off. I was sitting next to, to this student, and he was he was one of the students that was always like rambunctious. He was always loud and kind of obnoxious. And he had his shoes off. And, like, the teacher kept being like, what's that smell? What's that smell? So I was blaming on the kids. What the fuck do you mean, what's that smell? And it was, like, so weird, like, sitting in a chair with poop in your pants and, like, <laughs> spreading it around. <laughs> and so I finally, and here's the worst part, like, when we were getting picked up from school, my parents were carpooling, so it wasn't my parents that were picking us up. It was someone else's parents. And I get in and... The first thing I hear is, who shit their pants? <laughs> and I said, uh, one of the kids in my class did, and the smell rubbed off on me. <laughs> Alright. My, jo- my friend Joseph shit his pants in college. In college. He was going through a really big phase where he just didn't shower very often and stuff. He was kind of just a mess. And, uh... I throw this in because he just really let himself go. He was like kind of like in this crazy phase, and he actually ended up having to get special shampoo for his fucking scalp that had gotten so bad. Anyways, so long story short, he was in class. He was already pr- kind of dirty. He said he was so dirty that he didn't really notice that when he farted, he kind of shit his pants. And so he's sitting there waiting to give his like fifteen minute presentation in front of a class of, like two hundred people. So he gets up there and he like puts his what poster. building was this in? He, it's Irvine. Oh okay. So different Joe. Um, and he goes up there and puts the board up on the class and he starts doing his presentation and then he can hear people fucking whispering and he's, and then he like moved and like that moment where like your pant swoops and all of a sudden you feel the poop on your leg or something and he was like, and he just realized right then with his back turned to all these people that they could see, physically see that he had shit his pants like through his shorts. And now, well, to, you know what, and now he had to give that, a presentation with shit in his pants. I will never be able to far. speak in public again. I am so embarrassed that I will never, I will never be able to speak in public again. Because <laughs> you'll be thinking about that incident. I, I will be embarrassed about that story for the rest of my life. <laughs> Fuck, that's traumatic. Yeah. One time when my my friends were he started out. showering after that. <laughs> right, we were like near my friend's house, and he he could have gone home, but he didn't want to. And, 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 and he did the business, but it was, like, hard, so he just, like, opened up the, his pants leg, and it just rolled right out. This same friend, Joseph, I remember, we were swimming in a river, and he, and he just he just had to shit, so he just stood up in the river, because it was only three feet deep, and just shit right there in the river. Oh, yeah, I've definitely shit in the river. And, and when it flooded to the top, I remember he poked it on its way out. You are dirty motherfuckers, both of you. 
then there, Dude, you don't understand. Well, no, I fucking don't. There's no one last poo story before I go ahead. I was just saying, there's nowhere around, and you're in a river. It's like one last one last poo story before I read a letter was that uh, I remember I took a poo when we were out shooting guns, and then we shot it with a gun and it exploded. <laughs> <laughs> One of my friends, like, <laughs> grabbed his turd from the toilet and squished in his hand and came uh, to us afterwards what? to tell us about it. <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense. Okay. Like, the worst thing I've ever done was I went, this was on our way to PAX a couple of years ago, and I'm, we stopped on the border to Washington State, and we were, like, in a subway or something, and I... I don't know why. I think it's because we've been on the road for so long, but I, I shit. And then I took a picture of it and sent it to Anthony's phone. I remember that. Mm. All right, so Tarek mm. says... That's so quaint. Mm. Hi, guys. I love the show, and I wish <laughs> you guys success. Uh, let's get to his question. He says, Do you think the recent abundance of downloadable content, paid and free, has changed the way some gamers think about sequels? He points out how people really got pissed off about Left 4 Dead 2. For many, I think the addition of more story, more weapons, and, and or more characters, something that can and should be done through relatively inexpensive download packs. They would say a full sequel should contain some site, some kind of fundamental change to the game. Something like significant new gameplay mechanics or an overhaul of the engine. Um, so yeah, so he's thinking, do you think Valve screwed its customers or do you think gamers should not get upset over not receiving something that wasn't explicitly promised? Um, I think that our immediate impulse, especially this console generation, is to think anytime someone announces something when we don't expect it or makes specific kinds of announcement, that our our immediate impulse is to think they're fucking us big time. I mean, uh, Gabe Newell that runs Valve did say that they were going to continue to support yeah, the first one. But, but to mean, be fair to this, the Left 4 Dead 2 does have an engine overhaul. Yeah. Like, not just graphics, but, but physics and, and, AI. and AI. But, I mean, my... My my thing is that Valve has never released a game that wasn't extremely popular and extremely well-polished and totally worth the money. So for people to just assume right off the bat that the next game that Valve is going to release, which will be Left 4 Dead 2 because we're not going to fucking see Episode 3 this year, your immediate impulse to assume that they're screwing you with another bit of excellence. It's like every other fucking game they've released... Is and people jerk. got more open in arms about this than they did about StarCraft. Which is my other games. example. Which is people which seems to me like people really started to get outrageous. on a tear about StarCraft's the announcement for StarCraft Two that it would actually be three games. And at first, I was pissed too until I realized that Blizzard has never released a bad. game. I mean, I guess to that extent, like, is it, I'm paying them a monthly fee for World of Warcraft. Yeah, like, how dare they charge me for any expansions? Would be that logic or something? I mean, I, I still gladly pay for big expansions because I know what it means when Blizzard makes an expansion. I mean, I understand, like, especially with the economy the way it is and the way that this generation has become about DLC that costs too much in games that are sixty dollars again, like they were when we were fucking ten. I, I understand that the impulse is to to have your knee fly up and scream no, but for a company like Valve to fucking start a petition not to release content, especially with a company that releases content generally so infrequently, it it seems stupid to me. And I played it and it was fun. Like I played it and I was like, I will buy this. Possibly I mean, for two platforms. Yeah. So So I I don't know. I mean, I I understand like the the knee jerk, but fuck, man, it's Valve. 
I guess people are just worried that they aren't going to support the first game anymore. No more new levels or anything like that, like what they were saying would happen. But I don't know that that's true. I mean, there might still be new levels with the original characters. And they've talked about cross-plat, like cross-game compatibility too. I mean, I mean, we'll see. Either way, I still think it'll probably be worth the price. Myself, that's my gut. Um, so buttered biscuit wrote in. I'm using that because that's what he signed with rather than his real name. Um, he said, when you throw in a new game, do you change the settings to the hardest and grind through, or do you set them to easy or moderate? It depends on the game. I most of the time play on normal. If a game has a normal feature, that will be what I'll play on almost every time, the first time. Every yeah, time. Yeah, same for me. Um, usually I'll play on... I mean, I guess it depends. On shooters, I'll usually... Like, Call of Duty games, I'll always go to, to Harden. Even Call of Duty, a lot of times, I'll still put it on normal for the first time through, because I know that if it's, like, you know, really good, I'll end up playing it on the Harden um, missions anyways. If it's a sequel in a series that I feel like I'm good at, and, like, I played the other games on harder difficulties, then I'll usually Yeah, the last two up. times I've done that, they'll kick me in the balls. Like, God of War was kicking the balls, and Killzone was kicking the balls. Killzone was a giant kick in the balls when I started on hard first. Um... I was like, nope. Whereas I felt like Gears of War 2 on a, the harder but not hardest setting was was fine. Mm. Um, and like Halo, I, I always like Halo on, on hard. Like Ninja Gaiden that. 2, I played on the harder difficulty Woo. available at the beginning. Screw that. So, so the next letter is from Marty W. And he says, I recently got an iPod Touch and I know you guys have talked about playing iPod apps before. So I was wondering which ones are fun and worth the money. Could you please answer this on the show so I can get everyone's opinions? Unfortunately, I'm also the only one who owns an iPhone. Um, I have a quick question. You Did you download Marble Blast yet? I have not downloaded Marble Blast yet. You need yet. to do that. Or that code might not even work anymore. Oh, was it timed? I told you that it was that it expired. <clears throat> How weird is that to think of codes that expire? They're promotional. It's mm. so sad. Well, where did we get it from? Um, Garage Games. Oh, we could hopefully get another one. That was my bad. I mean... I, I just was like meant to, and then that totally brain farted my day. Um, Rewind. So I would let me just if I was going to tell you games to get, since I'm the only He's one. He's looking at his iPhone right now. With an iPhone, here I would get tell you to get uh, Rolando, Peggle, Drop Seven, and Flight Control. But specifically, if you were only going to spend like less than ten bucks. You should get Drop 7 and Flight Control, because I think Drop 7 is like $1.99 and Flight Control is like $3, and they're both excellent, excellent games that utilize the touchscreen quite well. Um, so, this guy calls me Nurgle. That's weird. He, that is obviously an old GFW listener. Um, That's a lot of people. More and more, it seems that, at least to me, less games are bad. Instead, they're either extremely good or some shade of average. A communication, as communication of tools, knowledge, and technology improves, it's become easier to create a mediocre game and more difficult to create something horrible. Now what matters more is either the idea behind the game, solid art direction, or a visionary producer, etc. Um, do you agree or disagree? Why? I think that <clears throat> that that could also apply to movies if you take out exception like that effect that there are like a lot of great exceptional movies. I just feel like ninety percent of movies that come out today are good, which is a good thing. Or They're at least, not great. or at least I would call them entertaining. Yeah, entertaining. It's because you know, uh, entertainment is more 
market driven and focus grouped than it's ever been. It's it's aimed at very mm-hmm. specific audiences, and well, these people like make it their job to know exactly what you like mm-hmm. on at least some level and and try to get things that conform to that. Not to I'm I'm not trying to sound super jaded. Like I understand the concept. I'm just saying that mm-hmm. that focus testing is is a requirement for everything now, and that maybe that's why people think that things are are great because if you talk to like an older movie critic or people that are scholars on media, a lot of them will say that the entertainment that we have now is generic and boring. And I mean, you hear a lot of people that have been in in the gaming media for multiple decades complain about games. Now we're going to go with Arthur's answer on that. I mean, do you agree or disagree? Yeah, I agree. That's what I'm saying. works for me. Um, this one's a long letter. All right. Starts off. It says, uh, "Dear Oblo FM crew, dick sucking, blah blah blah." <laughs> I, I love that I get interviews now that like, sp- or letters now that specifically say, "I know that you guys don't like the dick sucking." Listening I love that your, that's become okay, a term so this, for This is a, a long letter, praise. so I'm going to try and read it fast. But I think the whole thing is actually good. This is someone responding to the goddamn Jesus Christ stuff. Listen, listen to your last podcast. You read a letter from a Christian from Nigeria who was upset about your use of the phrase Jesus Christ and goddamn. Let me preface this by stating that I am also a Christian and a born-again one at that. I can appreciate his point of view, but ultimately it's painfully obvious to me that he lives in an interesting bubble where his religion and his own needs take precedence. I think if he had different life experiences, he would see things differently, as would we. I live in Chicago now, but was raised in Denver and lived there for most of my life. Colorado, you know, as you know, borders Wyoming. He puts in quotation marks. (laughs) Now, it's all fun. And games when you are speaking from the far away as Nigeria and have no idea what it's like to live next to Wyoming. My parents live 30 miles from communist North Korea, and they said that living next to Wyoming and the impending green menace made their childhood seem like a tea party. Yes, growing up in post-war Korea was tea, crumpets, and fucking cucumber finger sandwiches compared to Wyoming. Imagine being afraid of going to sleep, knowing that there are leprechaun hit squads out there, probing the border and sneaking into neighborhoods. You wake up and find people you saw that weekend dead with their throat slits, Throat slit and shamrocks all over the damn place. You can never go out with being paranoid of giant boot buckles or pipes. You mistrust anywhere, anyone wearing a Notre Dame or Boston Celtics paraphernalia. Do you know how many innocent people were strung up because of bad fashion choices? This is what living with the Green Menace does to you. And this was just the covert ops and psyops activity by those damn leprechauns. All Coloradans have a, to serve a period on the duty of duty on the northern border. We spend two years of sleepless nights watching the border, playing the most deadly game of hide-and-go-seek with the leprechaun light infantry who constantly probe the border to find a weakness. Oh, you've never heard of this before? I'll tell you why. You don't think any of us wanted federal help, the U.S. Army, to help us out? Of course we did. But if we, but we couldn't risk a full-on preemptive strike by those green, hoarding, green gold-hoarding bastards by bringing in reinforcements. We'd be out on the plains trying to sweep the night with night vision, but it was useless. Why? Night vision puts everything in a green light, and leprechauns are green. They blended right into our own fucking optics. And thermal imaging? Useless as well, because leprechauns are fucking magic. They could cloak themselves. We made an alliance with the Keebler elves, but they really couldn't give us any helpful anti-leprechaun tech. And quite frankly, E.L. Fudge does fuck, fuck all for, sucking, for a sucking chest wound. <laughs> I digressed. Sorry, it happens when I talk about being on the line against the greenies. What I'm trying to say is, you learn to let petty things go like that. 
when swarms of waist-high bearded green motherfuckers have broken through your perimeter, overrun your defensive positions, you're low on ammo, and you know you have to use your entrenching tools soon. Language goes right out the window. People will scream and say what they say when their eyeballs are being plucked out by those damn Finian little bastards. You should be secure enough in your own faith that what other people say doesn't bother you. Christianity isn't about being a kindergarten teacher to the world and putting those who offend your sensibilities in time out. I've had to learn this the hard way. You don't think I've cried out to God after seeing friend after friend going down to the green horde, or even after I've been exhausted, caked in leprechaun blood and offal, thanking God that I was alive? Look more at their hearts, not at their words. Have a more compassionate heart like Jesus. Except, of course, when it comes to motherfucking leprechauns. Mike. <laughs> Word. Oh, man. That guy, that was fucking good. That's like, a lot of you know, work as lightheartedly as we address the leprechaun issue, I don't know. We might, you know, we might, we might need to be a little more sensitive in light of. I didn't realize the front lines were so bad. <laughs> Neither did I. I mean, using entrenching tools. Not to mention the fact that I'd never actually considered the uh, the realities of night vision or thermal imaging against leprechauns. Like you can apply all the high tech you can, but I mean, magic. Magic. They're fucking magic. I mean, everyone knows that if a leprechaun touches his belt buckles, too, it's like the fucking communication to the Starship Enterprises. He just reappears back where his pot of gold is. It's like an instant beam back to gold, so... I don't know. I mean, there's nothing scarier than seeing a leprechaun stop in his tracks and bend over the waist towards his belt buckles. Because you know that he fucking is on to you and he's on his way out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a Cylon scouting party. Mm-hmm. So you can find me at Twitter.com. Wait, wait, no, because... <laughs> <laughs> Damn you! I refuse to be fucking part of this. Uh, we had we had someone talk to or message me about merch, which we've gotten some emails about as well. Yeah, I mean, I got one quote, and it was it was pretty heinous. So Why don't we break down the realities of what we would have to charge? Basically, right now, Rebel Money, we have we don't have like like we've spent a lot. Like we probably got like twelve thousand dollars in donations. We I, didn't, probably, I didn't know that we were going to give numbers, but okay. I'm just saying, well, we gave those numbers a long time ago, remember? We we kind of do hold set. Uh, we definitely told them the, what we started with. We've probably spent like four or five on equipment to have all the nice stuff we have. Slash, you know, along the way we've spent things like we, me and Arthur try and feed people when they come over for the podcast, because for a lot of them it's coming out of their way. We, we try to take care of our guests. Yeah, and you know, and we built Tyler a gaming PC so that he could play PC games and have an opinion about that, and... You know, just little things, and not saying we're broke by any stretch of the imagination, it's just that basically shirts would cost, like, if we wanted to get shirts made that were American apparel, like high-quality t-shirts, Ooh. you got to pay out the ass for that. Yeah. And so to get, like, 600 made, we looked, and it was going to be, like, basically, the original quote I got was, like, between three and $4,000. Yeah. For shitty shirts. And yeah, and that was not American Apparel. That was non American. That was wow. not American. So, say... so, so, like, if that's the case, it's going to be hard for us to do it only because it would kind of leave us on the line a little bit as far as our financials. And we are funding our trip to PAX so we can all come and meet everyone and do things there. Um, so. I will say this: um, the realities of it, of this situation, basically make it so that if we were to do t-shirts and merch then we would have to do pre-orders that that's not much. just pre-orders but pre-payment yeah um, to justify it and we i mean we don't want people to think that we're trying to fuck them or steal their money like and we don't i mean understand that if we make merch we want it to be good yeah i mean that's the whole thing is that's why i'd want american apparel t-shirts because they are high quality but the thing is is that having them 
you know, there's two things to that. One is, uh, you know, like Arthur said, we don't want a bunch of fucking shirts that didn't sell sitting in our house. You know, me and Arthur don't need 600 shirts. Uh, and more importantly, like, the other reality of it is that I don't think that, you know, we got to figure out a good way to do it because neither of us has the time to sit there and fulfill individual orders that come in either. I mean, I, I we could we could figure it out, like... I mean, I've, looked, I've contacted it. other services that do t-shirts for bands and stuff like that, asking if we could get an account made where they would handle all that side of it for a take. Still looking into things like that. I, I'm willing to to do, like, a limited run of shirts. I would be willing to do a limited run, and I would also be willing to do it if we sold them. It would be, like, shirts, all order ship every Friday. Yeah. So if you put in an order, it won't ship until the coming Friday, and we just get well, together and, and do you it. Would, and you would need to anticipate that Basically, you would pay for the shirt, the shirt would be made, and then it would get sent on a specific date. Right. I mean, because the alternative is, if you guys really just wanted merch and you didn't care about the quality, we could do a cafe press and you could buy shirts right away. But we don't want to do they that. They would be cafe press shirts, and they're not that nice. So, I mean, we're, we're just trying to figure out a good way to do it, because the first quote I got was really expensive, so Tyler thinks if we shop around, we might be able to find something slightly more reasonable than, you know. And it all, I mean, it also means that t-shirts would probably be like 25 bucks. I mean, you know, in a lesser case scenario, we could do things like patches or or buttons and stickers, like little things that we could basically just charge next to nothing for, you know, and just give away to fans at packs. Like, it, t-shirts are really expensive, but a lot of that smaller stuff is great. So we'll figure out something. I'd like to have something that I could wear a backpack and give to people at packs. I mean, maybe I'll put a survey up on the site that asks people how they feel about different price points for merch and what they're willing to pay and stuff like that. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, I, I, I kind of like the idea of bumper stickers and stuff. Like a, one that says Geekbox Gives AIDS. I was waiting for Rebel that. Rebel FM. Um, <laughs> or, you know, maybe one about leprechauns. Who knows? Yeah. We'll see. Um, so on that Green note... Green Menace. People were excited about hearing your, your story about shitting your pants, Tyler. So People are? I Twittered about it. Yay. On that note, uh, you can find me at twitter.com slash chuffmoney. I'm also a writer at GameSpy, so you can find my work at GameSpy.com, including a review I just did of Prototype. Um, I will also be on an upcoming episode of the co-op show, uh, along with Tyler and Arthur, who will all be on the co-op show. Uh, the same you guys episode. will be on the Prototype segment? Or the Infamous segment? I will be on both. And I will be on the Red Faction segment. And Tyler will be on Infamous. I can't go a week without having that game's dick in my mouth. So, <laughs> which hey man, that game, I, I hear a lot of good stuff for it. And uh, Volition, I hope those guys nothing but success. So Tyler, where can the internet find you? Uh, dirty Tea at Twitter, and I also did a review. Like the drink. Like the drink. Twitter.com/slash/dirtyt. And uh, I also did a review of Tiger Woods Ten for Wii at GameSpy just recently. And then uh, put that game's dick in my mouth. And then Arthur can be found at twitter.com slash A-E-G-I-E-S. I have reviews at PC World, and I will be on co-op this week. And then uh, last but not least, you should dig the podcast. Review us on iTunes. Reviews on iTunes are always really nice. And download and listen on listen to Game Club. Yeah. that's Yeah, you should all give Game Club yeah, a chance. Yeah, yeah. And if, and if they're not been. caught up, we're playing Hitman Blood Money in Game Club. And just so, you know, this is such a common thing. I'm just going to throw this out right before we stop. Psychonauts was already done by Game Club during the One Up FM days, and Kotor is a bitch to find and has a lot of backwards compatibility. So if you want to hear Psychonauts, go listen to the old One Up podcast. They and do Kotor, a great job with it. Kotor, and Kotor just isn't going to happen. So, on that note, peace. No disrespect, but that's how I am. <laughs>